0: Shop at Acme and redeem your rewards points for free grocery items or discounts on gas at participating Exxon or mobile stations. Download the Acme mobile app or visit acmemarkets.com.
1: 933 WMMR, audio on demand, presents the Preston and Steve Show podcast.
2: And now, Preston and Steve's news update with Kathy Romano.
3: It's Thursday, the 10th day of August. Big news, local news coming up in sports, but we're going to start with some other things, including the fact that Philadelphia police are investigating after a shooting injured two people, including a four-year-old girl. It happened around 9.40 p.m. Wednesday on the 2000 block of Clementine Street, and according to police, a child and a 24-year-old man were both standing in an open doorway when someone opened fire on the property. Uh, the girl was shot in the stomach and rushed to St. Christopher's Hospital for Children, listed in stable condition. Condition, uh, And the man was shot in the stomach and leg. He was taken to an area hospital in stable condition as well. Police say roughly 15 shots were fired at the scene. Uh, both victims live at the home where they were shot. No arrests have been made. Police believe that the suspect or suspects may have fled in a dark colored vehicle and anyone with information is asked to call police at 215-686-TIPS. Police have also identified the man who was wanted for a series of sex assaults in Philadelphia. Dequan Jacobs was arrested Tuesday night and investigators say Jacobs is responsible for eight incidents in which he groped women while riding by them on a bike. Police say detectives were out searching for video when he rode by them. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, The incidents happened on numerous streets, including Broad and Walnut on Sunday and Monday. You remember years ago there was a guy who was doing exactly this? Yep. A photo of the suspect was taken by one of the victims and shared on the Instagram page, Watch Out Philly. Multiple women came forward with similar accounts. Investigators also say they're looking into his possible connection to a string of assaults where the suspect was riding on a scooter as well. And then finally, the tragic story out of Maui, Hawaii, and I just saw an update on this as well. Uh, Wildfire tore through the heart of the Hawaiian island of Maui uh, in darkness on Wednesday, reducing much of a historic town to ash and forcing people to jump into the ocean to flee the flames. At least six people died. Dozens were wounded and 271 structures were damaged or destroyed. And I just saw an update a few minutes ago. They have now confirmed 36 people have died. It's unbelievable fire and it continues to burn uh, it was fueled yesterday by strong winds from hurricane dora as it passed well south of the hawaiian islands officials fear uh, the death could, toll could rise even more an aerial video Um, from Coastal Lahaina showed dozens of homes and businesses flattened, including on Front Street, where tourists gathered to shop and dine, smoking heaps of rubble, lay piled high next to waterfronts, boats in the harbor scorched, and gray smoke hovered over the leafless skeletons of charred trees. I've been in that town uh, a few times. I've been to Maui uh,
4: three times, and apparently it's just... It's just gone. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Burnt to an absolute crisp. There were stories of people trying to elude the fire getting backed up to the water on the beaches. I mean, it, 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 yep. apparently, those winds were just accelerating the, the uh, spread of the fire. It's crazy. Yep. And bringing all the heat, and people yeah. actually ran for the water. Uh, Acting
3: Governor Sylvia Luke said the flames wiped out communities and urged travelers to stay away. They, she said this is not a safe place to be. The exact cause of the blaze has not been determined. Uh, but a number of factors, including high winds, low humidity, and dry vegetation likely contributed to the spread. Uh, the Coast Guard on Tuesday rescued 14 people, including two children who had fled into the ocean to escape the fire and smoking conditions. Uh, like I said, fire had killed six people on Maui as of when I read this story earlier this morning, but they updated it to 36, oh. and that number could continue to rise. It's just absolutely horrible. All right, let's do sports. <laughs> in just his sec his second start with the Phils and his first in Philadelphia, Michael Lorenzen pitched a no hitter last night Ooh, at the Ballpark, wow. yep. leading the Phils to a seven 0 win over the Washington Nationals. They did it! After the game, Lorenzen said, just walking out of the dugout, hearing the fans go wild, it gave me the chills. It gave me that boost of energy that I needed for sure. The 14th no-hitter in Phillies history and became the fifth pitcher in Major League history and only the second since 1900 <laughs> to throw a no-hitter in his home debut with a new team. It's just amazing. The 31-year-old Lorenzen struck out five, walked four, and improved to 2-0 oh, since he was acquired from the Detroit Tigers two weeks ago. He retired Lane Thomas on a grounder to open the ninth and struck out Joey uh, Menezes looking with two outs. The crowd of over 30,000 erupted Lorenzen when Lorenzen got Dominic Smith to hit a pop-up on his career-high 124th pitch to end his first career complete game in two hours and nine minutes. He stood on the mound, raised his arms for running to the arms catcher J.T. Real Muto. Uh, Lorenzen then flipped his cap backward and was mobbed by his teammates (laughs) in a celebration near home plate. Uh, His mother, Cheryl, and wife Cassie were in the stands with Cassie holding their nine-month-old daughter, June, and after the game, and later held his baby on the field and kissed her on the cheek. And that wasn't the only no. story. <laughs> the no-hitter overshadowed what happened earlier in the game when left fielder Weston Wilson homered in his first Major League plate appearance after it. nearly 2,900 at-bats in the minor leagues. Uh, Nick Castellanos also homered twice to reach 200 for his career, uh, but Wilson batted seventh hit the third third pitch that he saw into the seats in left center, his solo homer gave the Phillies a 4-0 lead in the second. Uh, he had had 2,836 plate appearances in the minors until he was called up on Sunday from A Lehigh Valley. Uh, he turns 29 next month and was greeted by teammate Bryce Harper at the top step of the dugout while his family cheered on from the stands. Oh, so, good. so the series wraps up tonight, and Aaron Nola will get the start. The first pitch is set for 640, so it was a great night at the ballpark. Yes. Nice, that is just huge news. Yeah. Those two things, and I, I feel a little bit bad for uh, for Wilson. because was
5: overshadowed, was story <laughs> yeah. when the game was over. Well, yeah. when it happened, his dad was there, and his dad, and they show his dad crying, and yeah. I started crying, and I was like, "This is like amazing." And. uh <laughs> <laughs> and then yes. a no hitter was thrown, and it was like, yeah, what home run? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So pretty
3: amazing stuff. That's uh, that's exciting that uh, that actually took place. In fact, we're going to carry that on uh, through the show this morning, uh, since that did happen. We're going to talk to our buddy Michael Barkan, and uh, he can weigh in on some of that. I
4: wonder if he's excited. Oh,
3: he yeah, yeah. been totally his,
6: soaked. His post game coverage. Uh, I mean, it was it was just a magical night at the ballpark last night, and, and so I watched all of it. Well, actually, Casey texted me to let me know about the Wilson home run because I didn't. Turn it on at the beginning. So, I, I, from, from the moment that Casey texted me, I watched the rest of it and then I watched the rest of it, uh, saw the no hitter. And then uh, Lorenzen um, was incredible. And um, Barkan's post game coverage was just awesome. It just yeah. We're lucky to have him in Philly. He's fantastic. So, we'll talk to him uh, in the eight o'clock hour. And
3: by happenstance, we had already planned on having John Kruk on today. I know. <laughs> I know. So, we're talking to Kruk in the nine o'clock hour. We're, we're going to talk Phil's and we're going to talk Mullets with we him have too. To. Because Cheddar Whiz, the kid, <laughs> Rory, the six year old, who's trying. To uh, win the national mullet championship, uh, is, sees John Crook as an inspiration for this whole thing. So we'll talk to uh, him later on this morning, uh, and then we're going to throw in some UFOs too because this guy Ron James yeah. is going to be on with
4: us. Let's ask him about the ball. You know,
3: <laughs> I'm sure aliens had to have been a sure. fan, fans of what went on last night. So we'll talk to Ron as well. He's got this uh, documentary called "Accidental Truth: UFO Revelations." It's narrated by Matthew Modine. So we'll talk to him. Mm. Uh, and we're going to get some uh, friends in about the uh, the Philly Hot Sauce Festival that's coming up, too. Uh, so we got a lot to get yes. to, gang. Uh, I like that. Um, but uh, we also have some entertainment news and some uh, unsettling news, some sad news about a rock legend that passed. We'll get to that in a little bit, uh, as well as uh, a guy we know who got arrested again. So yeah. we have the entertainment news, Stupid Question, all that stuff coming up. Hang out
1: with us, man. We're going to have a good morning today. We'll be right back. In MMR's early days, we used carrier pigeons for requests, but some people got mad at us. So now we have the text line at 39333. It's faster, better, and there's less poop. So text us anytime at 39333.
7: Preston and Steve. Their name is their address.
1: Uh, On on the web.
7: PrestonandSteve.com
0: football's back and this eagle season there are huge prizes to be won at acme enter acme swooping and win sweepstakes and you could win up to ten thousand dollars cash or 2024 20, eagle season tickets and all you have to do is shop the participating items throughout the store and enter your codes from your receipt at acmeswoopingandwingame.com acme makes sure eagles fans have all their game day needs to tailgate or host like a pro Stop in to discover why football is better at Acme, the official supermarket of the Philadelphia Eagles. Free diamonds.
3: Stephen Singer is giving away free diamonds. You don't want to miss this. Everyone who purchases an engagement ring will receive a free one-carat lab-grown diamond. You must be thinking Steven only sells real natural earth-born diamonds. Well, you're right. But Steven will never sell a lab-grown diamond, but he will give them away. Nothing says I love you less than a lab-grown diamond. Don't be fooled. by real natural earth-born diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. Steven Singer Jewelers. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or in a showroom at the other... The corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly while supplies last. That's IHateStevenSinger.com.
7: Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast.
3: I do want to remind you that if you pay attention to the show this morning, you might win Bruce brings the tickets. We'll have right. that for the lesson, or actually for the yeah um uh yeah, lesson learned question later on this morning. So stay with us, all right? Uh, in the meantime, we have something else to give away. We're going to give away a stupid question for a pack of tickets for the Hot Wheels Monster Trucks Live Glow Party Saturday, August 26th at the Wells Fargo Center. The question that I will ask you, I never knew this. What was Luke Skywalker's original last name. What was it supposed no. to be? I think I know what its five two six three is. 215-263-WMMR. Call if you know the answer. What was Luke oh, Skywalker's yeah, original right. last name? Call now. Two one five two six three 263 wmmr Let me see, Steve. Uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, wow. right, Let's see if you know. Call. We'll go through birthdays today being the 10th day of August and we will begin with Rosanna Arquette. Oh. Actress. That's- Inspiration for the song Rosanna from Tony. Because one of the Lucathers was uh, yes. dating her.
4: Yeah, she, uh, um, she she made the round. She was involved with uh, Peter Gabriel for a while. Remember yeah. that?
5: Mm-hmm. Chris, who was the drummer that it, we were sitting backstage at the MM Barbecue years ago? Because I know that Rosanna is a song that you like to play on the drums because, uh, you know. It's complex. Well, it is. Yeah. Yeah. To our ears, it's not. But to a drummer, it is uh, It is a yeah, very it's complex a, song. It's,
3: it's an interesting shuffle beat that Jeff Piccaro... Created and he based it on this thing called the Purdy Shuffle, which is another drummer named Bernard Purdy. And it's right. really, really
5: cool. It's very, very it's But there was awesome a drummer movie. that was playing barbecue and he warms up with the same song. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I and remember. and uh, I remember talking to him, and then you had walked into the room. I'm like, Preston, come here. Yeah. And then you guys sat and like, you hit it off for a while. Okay. Yeah. You both made love to
3: Roseanne Arquette. Yeah. Well, I yeah. don't like to brag, but I wish I remember who that was, Case. I'm yeah, sorry, me too. but I don't. Um, but anyhow, Roseanne Arquette, uh, Desperately Seeking Susan. Pulp Fiction. She's the one yes. with all that stuff in her face. <laughs> She's great. A uh, lot of great movies in shows. show. She's 64 today. Uh, Antonio Banderas. Antonio
2: Margarit. No, no, Banderas. <laughs> Antonio Margarit. Antonio <laughs> Margariti. <laughs>
3: Perfect timing case. Um, Desperado, uh, Philadelphia is the first thing I remember seeing him in. Puss in Boots. Uh, Puss in Boots, obviously. Yeah,
4: He's essentially playing the same characters in Philadelphia. Uh, So uh, (laughs) he turns
3: 63
4: years old today. Did did you see the most recent Puss in Boots? I did not. No. It was was really good. good. I'm not It's actually him dealing with... um, end-of-life issues and trying to extend getting an additional nine lives. Wow, okay. Uh, Well, happy birthday to Antonio
3: Banderas. Antonio (laughs) Margariti. Thank you very much, Presta. Angie Harmon. Yes. Was on Law & Order, Baywatch, and Rizzoli and Isles. All my favorite
6: shows. Uh, she is 51 she today. She was married to a football player for a stretch, and uh, they did a very public proposal. He proposed, I think, on the t- uh, Tonight Show they with Leno. Uh, they're, they're since divorced. <laughs> oh, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Casey was that really good-looking dude on the Giants. Yeah. Um, Oh man, he was like a model-looking guy, and he ended up uh, proposing to her. I'll, I'll think of okay. it later. Oh, Okay. Uh, so
3: Angie Harmon uh, is 51 today. Ian Anderson, lead singer of Jethro Tull. Hmm. One of the few people that brought the flute to the forefront of rock music. A, yeah.
4: Big flute, a rock instrument. Yeah. Um. Were you a big Tull fan? Uh, f- uh, enough of a Tull fan.
3: Yeah. yeah. Like I didn't oh, go on deep cuts, yeah. but uh, I did because it was in progressive, progressive music, rock. and I yeah. like progressive rock. So right. I, yeah. It's really cool. They float about mid level for me. Like yeah. I like them, but yeah. I'm not a crazy fan. I got to be in a mood. Like the yeah. other day, uh, one of the, I, I was listening to a mix that I have, and and a uh, Jethro Tull song came on. I'm like, all right, I'll spend some time with yeah. this and I listened to it for a while. It was cool, but I got to be in a certain mood.
6: I know what you mean. What? Word is he's supposed to be a dick. No, really? oh, yes. no I Un- met him. Unfortunately, really? Yeah, I-, I think I've shared this story before, but uh, our former co-worker, Debbie Calton, hosted um, an event with him, and he took time and, and met with every fan. That was that's his. good. Yeah, this- it was down at uh, Dave & Buster's, and it was like a- an intimate conversation with Ian Anderson. He told funny stories. He took, like, uh, every photo that people wanted to take, signed autographs. So- this
4: is a delightful chap named Nick Rapaway.
6: Yeah. My experience with him was nothing but positive. All right. Well, that's good. But well, maybe he can, maybe he's a guy who
4: can be in a mood
3: because yeah. I've heard
6: from a couple of people that it okay. can be very, no, very difficult. I've heard what you are saying.
3: Yes. Yeah, that's but... the,
4: the story you usually hear. But it's good to hear that that uh, may not be the entire story. Oh, yeah. Happy
3: birthday to Ian Anderson, who is 76 today. Uh, Riddick Bo, former heavyweight champ. Uh-huh. Uh, he was a big dude. Yeah. Oh,
8: yeah.
3: Dude. dude. He turns 56 today. Uh, Justin Thoreau.
5: Or is it Thoreau? Or Remember? Remember? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. He
3: had said that it was through. He corrected his um, own
5: pronunciation.
3: Incredibly handsome man and in insanely great shape. Uh, and let us not forget, he co-wrote Tropic Thunder. Yeah, oh, yeah.
4: the Simple uh, Jack stuff is, is his. Yeah. yeah. He, and he's a funny comedic writer, very good dramatic actor. And Preston, yep. rumors are floating around. that uh, that he may be getting back together with Jennifer Aniston. Okay, I think they make a good couple. I think they do as well. Yeah. Uh, He
3: also wrote the screenplay for Iron Man 2. Didn't know that.
5: I didn't know that either. But I feel like, Steve, um, that him and Jennifer Aniston are so good looking that they owe it to everybody to put out a sex tape. Okay. Don't you think? (laughs) Okay. I don't know. I don't know.
3: I mean, seeing two... Really good looking people have sex, you know. It depresses you. I think it, one of them needs yeah, yeah. to be ugly. Yeah. Okay. Just right. to give us a chance. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So um, he is 52 today. Uh, it's Kylie Jenner's birthday today. Uh, Kylie, uh,
4: the youngest, right? Is she the
5: youngest? Yeah. Uh, uh,
4: Ken, is Kendall?
5: Or is no, no, Kendall? no. Kylie's younger than Kendall.
4: It's okay. irrelevant in space. But
5: <laughs> if you just
4: hover off of a black hole, you'll age slower. <laughs>
5: so, in a larger sense,
4: they switch back and forth. Okay.
3: All right, I was not aware. Thank you, Captain. Follow me
4: down to the engine room. I'd like you to see modifications I've made in the turbo. Oh! All right. In
3: the door. Uh, Kylie in the Jenner sphere celebrating a birthday is 26 today, uh, so happy birthday to you! Kylie. She recently
4: admitted to having uh, her, uh, breast implant. job. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was shocked to find she had any work done. Right. <laughs> uh,
5: I um, I'm not a huge fan. Uh, well, uh, I don't like uh, fake boobs, but uh, uh, just a, a plastic surgery in general. But she is gorgeous, and I she know got good work I, done. I did, agree, hundred yeah. percent. You're right. I yes. Money well spent. Before she had this done, she was, she was a road rat. She was not a road rat, but she was just kind of plainish. And, uh, and now I was like, man, she is hot.
3: Uh, so happy 26 to Kylie, you hottie. Mm-hmm. And then the last birthday is uh, an actor named Brenton Thwaites. Brenton Thwaites? <laughs> yes, Thwaites. <laughs> Uh, he's a good-looking fella. I saw a picture of him. I really don't know him. Uh, he was in Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales. He was in The Giver and Gods End of Egypt. Okay. I know, but I saw him pop up a couple times, so I threw his name on there. Well, that, that
4: movie was a bomb, that Gods of Egypt thing. Remember, they spent a ton of
6: money on it. Uh, he is 34 yeah. today. The uh, handsome football player is Jason Seahorn. That's who I was oh, There
5: about. you go. Seahorses forever. Seahorses forever.
3: All right, we'll see if someone knows the answer to this question. What was Luke Skywalker's original? original last name 215263 wmmr the number and our first caller in is alex so we're going to go to alex hey alex morning
9: good morning sir
3: all right alex what was uh luke skywalker's original last name
10: star killer star
3: killer yeah, hey. yeah. on, right, gonna give you a four pack of tickets for hot wheels monster trucks live glow party Saturday, August 26th, 7.30 p.m. at Wells Fargo Center. Tickets for all three shows on August 26th and 27th are available at wellsfargocenterphilly.com. Uh,
5: one more birthday today. It mm. is Craig Legon's birthday. Ah, Craig Legon's uh, birthday. He just texted me. I am surprised at this. Uh, I'll give you a five-year buffer. How old do you think Craig Legon' is mm. today? A
3: five-year buffer? Yeah. Uh, um, Black don't crack. He's sixty years old.
5: <laughs> you're you're uh, over, but only by three years. He's fifty-seven. Okay, I was aiming high.
4: Yeah, that's where you cover your ass. Yeah, totally. Always say that. something outlandish in there. Yeah. Out- Happy birthday, Craig yes. Lagons. We appreciate it, man. We We're appreciate doing check Some comic book gurus episodes coming up uh, nice. tomorrow. So Wonderful. yeah, yeah, he's great.
3: All right, the entertainment report. We're gonna start with this. Bam Margera arrested again. All right, and this arrest comes nearly two weeks after he was ordered to stand trial on assault charges in a separate case. He was cited for public intoxication and disorderly conduct after a dispute in the parking lot at the Radnor Hotel in Wayne on Tuesday. Uh, Lieutenant Chris Four with Radnor Township Police Department said no one was injured or attacked. Our officers got there, and he was actually kind of friendly with them and cooperative and came with us when he had to. Okay. He was it was arrested around, around 3 a.m. By oh. The way. oh, wow. Was later released uh, to a friend back on uh, July 27th. Of course, he was freed on $50,000 bail and ordered to stand trial on charges that he assaulted his brother Jess. Part of the conditions for release include not drinking and random drug and alcohol screenings. Mm. It's unclear on how this charge will impact his other case, but he is slated for a formal arraignment in Westchester on the original charges
4: today. So. Is it possible they could incarcerate him?
3: Maybe. Yeah. Uh, If they feel that this was in some way a violation Violation. of the conditions that the judge had set. Yeah, they probably could.
5: I got a text from a buddy of mine who was uh, in Westchester. I think it was on Sunday night. And he was at a bar. And Bam walked in barefoot. Uh, uh, Had a drink. And then... um, That was and then was uh, flagged and then he apparently went crazy. But you know, and he goes, "Man, I give this guy six months, and I, I, uh, it pains me to say that uh, because he's really uh, he's suffering right now, you know, and I I feel terrible for him, and I, I hope." You just hope that everything is a wake up call. Yeah, but, you know. Yeah. You, I
4: mean, yeah. you've had a, a conga line of wake up calls, mm-hmm. a, a bunch of them that should have been the real come to Jesus moment, and yeah. they've come and gone. So, uh, you know, obviously, we we think the world a Bam, but you know, you, it's it does not look good for some people.
3: It never happens. Yeah. He might be one of them. And I'm not saying... I'm not predicting anything. I'm saying it does happen to some people. Some people, it, it they, they find out, oh, my God. Yeah. It's lightning
4: strikes and you go, yes, I have to change my life. And the other people, they just, just stay the same bad. path their whole life. One of the big deflating things is that um, he's now in a, a sort of battle with Steve-O. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's Steve-O... Bam interceded to save Steve O's life. Steve O tried to return the favor, and Bam's not having any of it.
5: Yeah, I um, I have heard countless, and this isn't about Bam. I've heard countless uh, people's stories that uh, were just helpless and hopeless. Yeah, and somehow found a way out. So I yep. do have hope. Keep your fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Yep. yep,
3: yep. Well, apparently, Hollywood is teeming with Swifties. Such uh, Stars such as Meghan Markle, Cameron Diaz, Tiffany Haddish, and Zoe Saldana all attended Taylor Swift's concert in Los Angeles on Tuesday. You knew that thing was going to be jammed with celebrities. Haddish shared a photo of herself with Diaz and Saldana at the show to Instagram. And uh, the Haunted Mansion actress wrote in the caption, I had so much fun last night. She also shared a video of uh, the women dancing to Shake It Off on her Instagram stories. No Hasselhoff? No hassle Damn. off. but Charlize Theron and Jeff Goldblum revealed on Instagram Wednesday that they, too, attended the concert. Jeff Goldblum? Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> Taylor Swift, went, I don't know who he went with. If it was just, you know, he, he he is the fan, I have no idea. According to Page Six, the Duchess of Sussex was also in the house on Tuesday night. Uh, the outlet reports that uh, Meghan Markle attended the concert uh, sans Prince Harry as he was in Tokyo on a business trip. And all this comes after Gail King had shared a video of Channing Tatum dancing at Swift's show on Saturday with a glitter heart around one of his eyes. And Apparently, she got, I think it was last night, uh, she got an eight-minute standing ovation. Yeah, mm-hmm. eight-minute standing ovation. I think ovation. it might have been the final show yeah, that was yeah. wrapping up and so they uh, they went crazy uh, over her. Jesus. Uh,
11: Weezer was there too, Okay, which was really funny. On their account, uh, our friend Nicole down the hallway texted me and she loves just reporting on which celebrities are there Uh like rock celebrities out of the format and uh they were there and they i guess they're friends with her his uh her drummer okay because they like posted they kind of were like there's a picture of rivers like reading along the lyrics of the song they're sitting in a suite and then they posted like this is our friend max he's the one that brought us here
4: it's clearly become something that transcends whether you're into the music or not it is an event yeah, right. the, the thing to yeah, go The thing, thing to go to, yeah.
3: yeah. So, But she's just, she is a force to be reckoned with. So, <laughs> And
11: she's re-recording 1989. Yeah, so what's the story on that? I don't know. I don't know if it's one of those things where she needs to re-record it. Because
3: of the master tapes don't belong to her? Maybe. Or the master recording That would be likely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so maybe she, maybe that's the reason <laughs> why that. She's getting re-nominated for songs she's already had out. Wow. Uh, so, uh, on the heels of that, music news. I wanted to get into the entertainment news a little bit. Oh, this was sad. Steve had texted us when he first heard. That Robbie Robertson, the Canadian born musician best known for the guitarist and main songwriter for Rock and Roll Hall of Famers, the band passed away. He was 80 years old. No cause of death uh, was immediately given. He suffered from some type of long illness. Yeah, I
4: was sad to hear that. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, but it's obviously he was up there anyway, but uh, he's just one of those guys you always think, oh, he's going to be around forever.
3: Yeah, the statement read, Robbie was surrounded by his family at the time of his death, including his wife, Janet, his ex-wife, Dominique, her partner, Nicholas, and his children, Alexandra, Sebastian, Delphine, and Delphine's partner, Kenny, as well as his five grandchildren. Um, Robertson was a member of uh, rockabilly singer Ronnie Hawkins' band, uh, their backing band called The Hawks, and that was along with Levon Helm, Rick Danko, Richard Manuel, and Garth Hudson. And they left Hawkins, and they toured as Bob Dylan's backup band, and recorded the legendary basement tapes with him in 1967, and along the way, The Hawks just became known as... The band, they the, just band. Call them the band, the band—they're they're, they're the guys that back up Bob
4: Dylan. You know, the band. And and the, there's a great documentary. Once we're brothers, uh, and it's uh, it came out two years ago. It's about the uh, the band and the experience and the history. And there's been a couple of great documentaries mm-hmm. about the band. Uh, and uh, Preston, I think we have we should have an audio clip over there of Robbie Robertson talking about the first time they revealed the music that they had been working on. Just, you know, They were known as the backup band to Bob Dylan. They presented it to Bob Dylan and his reaction to it.
12: Okay, got uh, it. Here we go. As close as we were to Bob and to other people around, they had no idea what we were about to do. And when they heard this record, they looked at us like they had just seen us for the first time. And Bob was like, whoa, <laughs> oh, my God. And Bob was sitting there, and he'd say, "You
8: wrote that?" <laughs>
12: he is. Yes. Uh, so,
3: uh, under that name, the band they released their debut album, "Music from the Big Pink," in 1968. That featured a rootsy sound that influenced everyone from Elton John and Eric Clapton to the Beatles. As the band's guitarist and primary songwriter, Robertson wrote. He wrote the classics, man. He wrote "The Weight," "Up on Cripple Creek." Oh the night they drove old Dixie down. I was reading a little bit about uh, the fact that he got the writing credits for some of those songs, and um, the the other band members may have contributed a little bit, but Robbie got the writing credits, and that may have been some of the tension
4: that led them to break up. Yeah, but he was really the predominant yeah. writer, and uh, one of my favorite songs is It Makes No Difference from the band. You, you, Rick Danko sings that one, uh, but it's, it's. Uh, I mean, I was telling Nick, I watched The Last Waltz yeah. last, last night. It- It's just one of the absolute greatest concert movies ever made. It's an incredible uh, performance. Just a sensation, you know? Those harmonies...
6: In the live version of that, Steve, from the movie, uh, they're all sitting around, and and one of them, I think it's Robbie, just goes, well, they don't want to make them like this anymore, (laughs) and they launch into that song, and now every time I hear that song, I hear that voice (laughs) right before it starts. Uh, Robertson released six solo
3: albums, as well as self-titled 1987 debut, featured contributions from Peter Gabriel and Bono, and included the rock hit Somewhere Down the Crazy River, which is a great song. Uh, Robertson and the band were inducted into the... Canada's Juno Hall of Fame in 1989, and then the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994. So one of the songs that obviously is a classic is, is The Wait, and I've yeah. always loved that song. And so mm. this morning, for the first time ever, I kind of dove into a little bit about it, because I've always thought of it as just this, just this weird town where this guy's walking through and yeah. meeting weird people. And so it was written about Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Whoa, um, because he goes, I went down to Nazareth. And the reason that Robbie wrote it, why bass it, is because Martin guitars yeah. oh. are, wow. the, are created there. That's so amazing. I, I never knew that was right around the corner. I from didn't
5: there. know that. That's yeah. f-
4: that's phenomenal.
5: Yeah. Uh, I love that. I, I do have a question about that song because uh, I never looked up the lyrics. But is he saying, singing, take the load off Annie, yes. or is he taking it, take the load off Fanny? Well, so
3: Fanny is a character in the song. Uh-huh. I always thought it was Annie. Uh, yeah, uh, but Annie, uh, Anna Lee is a is a character in the song as well. So about those people, I'm going to read this real quick because yeah, this is interesting. No, so it's Le- fascinating. Levon Helm did a uh, 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 an interview and he was talking about that song and and the people in it. He said we had uh, two or three tunes, a piece of tunes, and the wait was one that I would work on. Robbie had that bit about going down to Nazareth, Pennsylvania, where the Martin guitar factory is at, hmm. and the song was full of our favorite characters. Luke was. Jimmy Ray Pullman. uh, Pullman. So these are all people they knew. They knew, yeah. Uh, He said young Anna Lee was Anna Lee Williams uh, from the band Turkey Scratch. Crazy Chester was a guy that we all knew from Fayetteville who came into town on Saturdays wearing a full set of cap guns on his hips, kind (laughs) of walked around town to help keep the peace if you follow me. He said he was like Hopalong Cassidy and he was a friend of the Hawks. Ronnie would always check with Crazy Chester to make sure that there wasn't any trouble around town and Chester would reassure him that everything was peaceable and not to worry because he was on the case. Two big cap guns he wore plus a toupee. And there was also Carmen and the Devil, Miss Moses, and Fanny, a name that just seemed to fit the picture. He said, I believe she looked a lot like Caledonia, which I don't know what he means by that. Uh, He said, we recorded the song maybe four times. We weren't really sure that it was going to be on the album, but people really liked it. Rick, Richard, and I would switch the verses around among us, and we all sang the chorus Put the Load Right On Me. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it's Annie. It says Uh, Fanny on uh,
6: Genius.com for whatever that's worth.
4: Fanny. Hmm.
3: Interesting. That's a good question.
4: Yeah, yeah. And that song was not going to be on the album initially. They were just kind of tinkering around with really? and it. Be- yeah, and it became... Actually, I think we have an audio clip of him talking about that. That's you? the song that I go to in my mind oh, yeah. when I hear the, the name, the band. That and the night they drove old Dixie down. Uh, so here's yeah. uh, Robbie. When Tomlin. we recorded music from Big Pink,
12: The Weight was an extra song I had in case any of the other songs that we were recording didn't work out. I truly didn't know that oh, this is the one (laughs) at all, when we recorded it
13: and listened to it you know, everybody could you know, said, this worked out pretty good (laughs) (laughs)
5: uh, I have a memory of that song and I was at the Steely Dan concert, this is probably back in like 98, 99, something like that and we were just tailgating and uh, I was playing music out of my CD player, my old Honda Civic and that song came on and it was just me and my buddy Rick that were tailgating together and by the end of the song, There's was probably about 15 strangers that I had no idea who they were all hanging out, singing that song yeah. because it was playing it on my that. CD player. Yeah, yeah. Have, you, have you seen The Last Waltz? Uh, I have, as yeah. a matter of fact, because of you guys. Yeah. Um, it, it's,
4: it's Martin Scorsese who is a massive fan, and by the way, Robertson worked with Scorsese many times and did a lot of movie uh, film work with him, but uh, they had a, an... A, Ridiculous amount of cameras covering all the action on the film, but obviously you have Scorsese's eye directing it. Yeah. It's just tremendous. It's the a... wait is a
6: song that uh for no good reason can make me cry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it just it, it hits you in the feels. And and I remember driving home with my parents one time and just thinking about my grandfather and his passing, and that song came on mm-hmm. and I lost it. And it, it's, mm-hmm. there, there's an emotional connection with that song. By
3: the way, the Robertson worked on uh the, the movies that he worked on with Scorsese <laughs> for the for uh music were Raging Bull, King of Comedy, Casino know the departed the wolf of wall street and the irishman
4: so i mean oh, wow. all those giant films do you remember a movie called carney with, yeah. with uh, Jody Foster Jody and Foster. Gary Busey. Yeah. And, and, and he's in it. And he is a really good actor.
3: Um, in a statement, Scorsese said, uh, remembering his friend, uh, he said, Robbie Robertson was one of my closest friends, a constant in my life and my work. I could always go to him as a confidant, a collaborator, an advisor. I tried to be the same for him. And it goes without saying that he was a giant, that his effect on the art form was profound and lasting.
4: There's never enough time with anyone you love. And I loved Robbie. I, I tweeted out a clip from the last waltz and you know and he says lest we forget what a great guitarist he was they do further on up the road um, but he does it with Clapton and they're trading back and forth on the solos and there's a point press. I'm sure you remember where Clapton looks at his as he's playing the solo and he's nodding like yeah, yeah, I get yeah. It. go get it yeah. I just
11: stumbled onto the band I had picked up a copy of Before the Flood because I love Dylan and I just played those like it was like a four disc CD yeah. and just played it over and over and over for probably like a full year you are just obsessed with one album and didn't realize the gravitas of the music that <laughs> yeah. I was listening to.
3: Great music you left yeah. behind. So sad news, Robbie Robertson, eighty years old. I have some other stories, entertainment stories we'll pass along as well. Uh, starting with this, Jada Pinkett-Smith shared a photo to Instagram recently revealing new hair growth as she continues to struggle with alopecia. And she said, uh, this or she captioned it, this here hair is acting like it's trying to make a comeback. Uh, she said, still have some trouble spots, but we'll see. And of course, the alopecia diagnosis was at the center of the infamous Oscar <laughs> slap mm-hmm. when Will Smith hauled off and popped Chris he Rock or comparing her to GI Jane, uh, the movie. So,
4: so, so what is the deal with alopecia? I, I mean, I'm, I know obviously it's, it's hair loss.
5: Is it? Uh, does it come and go? In uh, other words, I don't do, know. Well, so Jamie Lynch, who works down the hall, right. he has it and. Uh, it has not come. It's only gone. Okay. And I, I believe he doesn't have any eyebrows either. All right. So I, I
4: don't know. I, I guess maybe I, I've.
5: It's. I don't have a
4: comprehensive understanding of it. I mm-hmm. thought that there are some variations on it where it'll. It's sort of cyclical, maybe. I don't know. Maybe ah, and, and it's yeah. not always where you lose all of it. Right, your hair. right. You right.
3: can lose patches and, and things like that. So uh, maybe it's got a, a couple of variants, Steve. I'm not really sure. So uh, I know you guys are all dying for some bachelorette updates. Yeah. Uh, TMZ reports that there's a chance a chance that Caitlin Bristow and Jason Tartik you. could get back together. That's good. <laughs> uh the former bachelorette. Said in a bit video, I'm okay. It's You're okay. It's tough times. I mean, the easiest part is that Cardboard. we re- that we respect each other and love each other.
8: Flowers. <laughs>
3: uh, just,
13: I like words. Honestly,
3: she said it was both of our decisions to end things. We keep saying, too, that the door isn't permanently closed. Oh, yeah, it is. Okay. That's why there's handles on
4: it. Oh, that's very beautiful. She said, we
3: don't know what's going on.
14: Oh. So you're telling me there's a Jesus? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Yeah>! <laughs> you make feelings in my pee-pee. <laughs> so, I know you guys wanted to know about yeah.
4: that. Uh, Giselle
3: Buncheon shared how she's been handling her
4: divorce from Tom Brady in a recent interview. How do you get past something like that when you're an international supermodel with... It's tons of money. She yeah. said,
3: I've always believed that every situation, no matter how challenging, teaches us something and helps us grow. Uh, she said, breakups are never easy, especially when the media is speculating every step of the way. Uh, they were married for 13 years before going their separate ways in 2022. Uh, they have two kids, 13-year-old Benjamin and 10-year-old Vivian. Uh, Brady is currently rumored to be dating supermodel uh,
5: Arena Shakes. Yes, Arena Shake, Bradley Cooper's ex. Yeah. You know what always works, Steve, is if you take a selfie of yourself while you're crying and and then post yes. that on social media, <laughs> then you get a lot of support. That helps. Yeah. Yes, yeah.
3: definitely. Um, in a recent interview with Vanity Fair, Riley Kehoe uh, detailed a mishap that led to the set of Under the Silver Lake to be shut down. And this is kind of interesting. She said, no. "I was I was in the makeup trailer and I was eating like a granola bar or something. And I was about to shoot a scene where I have to kiss. Andrew, who's Andrew Garfield, okay. Uh, she said um, the makeup lady was like, Are there peanuts in that? And she said the producer came in and was like, Riley, Andrew is very allergic to peanuts. Oh, geez. So we have to shut the set down because she had eaten some
4: and oh, they had a kissing scene. Oh, my gosh. oh okay. Oh my yeah. Gosh.
3: yeah. And she said it shouldn't have been at the craft services and I don't know why they're on set. She added that it, it was kinda like, Oh, F that's crazy, but also thank God this woman caught it. Because she said she had no idea that he was allergic to peanuts. That's
4: pretty wild, man. And
3: you could make somebody really, yeah, really sick. absolutely. Depending on the level of their uh, allergy to it. So. <laughs> and then one last story. According to Deadline, people are tuning in to watch Anthony Mackie and Nev Campbell in the new Peacock series, Twisted Metal, based on the video game of the same name. I have to check <laughs> this out. In addition to becoming the streamer's most binged comedy, uh, the show joins Bel Air, uh, the Best Man Final Chapters, Poker Face, and based on a true story, as one of Peacock's top five original series. So,
4: Twisted Metal the video game had a sense of humor to it. Case, did you ever play it? No. Yeah, it no. was it was over the top. There there is humor, uh, but yeah, I want to see how they. Port this over to a series, yeah. And Nev Campbell is in this, yeah. yeah Will Arnett—that's um, yeah.
11: what he was filming when I met him in New Orleans last year. Remember oh, right. this time last year, I met Anthony oh, Mackie yeah. in a bar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was filming this in New Orleans. Okay, oh, wow, yeah. I keep trying to get him on, but now with the writer strike. Yeah, um, nobody's doing anything. Um, but yeah. like, yeah. he cool. had—he has the interview. That um, remember we had a great interview with him years yeah. and years ago. Phenomenal. Here? Mm-hmm. He has a link to it. He has all the stuff Just
3: trying. All right, hang in there. All right, we're ready for clips now. Here we go. Stone follows intelligence agent Rachel Stone on an operation to protect the organization's most powerful asset. And here, Gal Gadot talks about launching the new action franchise.
15: Growing up, I always used to watch Bond and Mission. I love these films. I love the suspense, the action, the drama, the twists and turns. I love everything about it, and I always want to do one myself. After the success of Wonder Woman, I realized there was more for space for female led movies in this genre, and I just went for it.
5: I want to see you naked. N- <laughs> <it>. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Heart of Stone uh, releases tomorrow on Netflix. Here is the next clip Grand Trees brings classic line of racing simulation games to the big screen, and in this clip David Harbour talks about how the film challenged his expectations of what video game movies can be.
10: When they did send me the script I thought it was just going to be a straight ahead video game movie about a simulator which didn't make any sense to me. It was like a bunch of big two hours of people pretending to drive cars. Uh, And so when I read it you know, I realized it was really like a sports movie, an exciting, euphoric yeah. sports movie. And on top of that, it being a true story was uh, w- was wild. Yeah!
3: I love that guy. Yeah. yeah. I'm talking about, you mentioned Anthony Mackey being a great interview. That, when he mm-hmm. was David Harbour, was here yeah. in our studio.
4: Can't wait to get him back in. Hopefully that'll happen. It was just magic. So I was, I was telling you about this movie, Preston. And the true story is that there was a, a kid, I, I guess a teenager, who played nothing but Gran Turismo. That's right. And then grew up to actually become a driver, yeah. a race car driver. And and did phenomenally well. And this kind of trained him along the way. Yeah. Gran Turismo uh,
3: comes to theaters tomorrow, by the way, if you'd like to see that. All right. And there you go. That's the entertainment report for you this morning. We have a lot going on. Uh, The no hitter last night. We are going to talk to Michael Barkan uh, in the eight o'clock hour. Uh, So we have that. And we also had John Crock on today. We are already going to talk to Crocker. About uh Cheddarwiz, the kid, Rory, the six year old with a mullet, who he fashioned after John Crock. Kruk. Kruk is his idol, apparently. Um and so now we're gonna talk. Baseball, as well, and obviously, mullets. which we would have anyway. Yeah. But now there's a big, big story, a couple of big stories to talk to him about. Um, and we're also going to have on the program Ron James, UFO expert, and he's got a documentary that's uh, narrated by Matthew Modine. Uh, we will talk to him as well. And we also have Bruce Springsteen tickets to give away for today's lesson question. So a bunch on our plate. Step right up, and we'll serve you when we get back. Stay with us.
15: Oh. MMR welcomes Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, August 16th and 18th at the ballpark. Baby, we Listen to Preston and Steve for your chance to win free tickets.
8: Even if
15: we just And remember, when it comes to Bruce, there's no show like a Philly show. Don't miss out. Some tickets still remain at phillies.com slash Springsteen. Bruce at the ballpark. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.
3: Well, with Dinner on Blanc, uh, Marissa, it's funny that you mention that. If you you can't make it tonight, I've got an event you can go to. This is a butt plug I want to do. Yeah. Uh, Listener, by the way, uh, Shauna Bell uh, had uh, emailed me about this event. So, Shauna, thank you for getting it. The Dinner in White fundraiser for the Indian Valley Public Library Ooh. is coming up next Saturday the 19th. So what, you can what go to that? that. It says, unlike Marissa's Dinner on Blanc, <laughs> we provide the location ahead of time, as well as tables, chairs, tablecloths, and entertainment. You bring your own food, table settings, decor, and of course, drinks. Uh, they have a DJ for music during dinner and dancing afterwards, a silent auction, raffle, baskets, and uh, a wine pole. Uh, tickets are four $45 for individuals, $80 for couples, $300 for a table of eight, and you dress him white, and you get a group of friends together for a night of fun. So Sounds magical. I sent that information over to Nick, and it is posted on the uh, community page of uh, WMMR.com, so if you don't want to deal with the traffic and hustle and bustle of the city... You can do this out my way, uh, Indian Valley Public Library, out in uh, kind of the Harleysville area. So there you go. There's your option.
11: Maybe I'll go just to wear my wedding dress again. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
3: That's
11: my plan for tonight. Uh, really?
3: For tonight? Yeah. Well, let's,
11: uh, if the weather holds up. All right. We'll see. Um, I think
3: I'm going to share some advice with you. Is oh, this, uh, this Preston's Life Lessons? <laughs> I'm the therapist. The therapist. Yes. I, I have no idea what kind of music one would use for the therapist. <laughs> uh,
4: but you usually don't play music during a therapy session. No. It's right. Pretty quiet. But it's so right. like
5: spa-like. I, yeah. Well, what? What are you thinking? Well, Taylor Swift? No, 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 no. I, I mean, I do have spa-type music. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna do it. Okay, and, we'll see it, it. and if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, oh, it's yeah. too tense. Yeah, people be freaking out. Yes, I think this is What's kind of tense about
4: this. No, this is
3: this is. uh no, this is very, uh, like you're going to get a massage. Like they, the beginning they, part they, of it. They play this type of music when you're getting massages. Oh, I'm okay. scared.
5: Uh, what about, the, I have different relaxation By the way, we music. plan things way in advance oh, yes. on okay. the
4: show, so go ahead. That's, That's ominous.
5: Yeah. Okay, then no I, music. No
3: music. All right. Just sit wait. quietly on the, the couch. How about the wait? We can play the wait from the band. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we're I went to down to my therapist. <laughs> great song. Uh, hang on. Take that from the beginning, please.
4: All right, here we go. The therapist. <laughs> I went down to my therapist because I needed some mental health. <laughs> so, no, this is according
3: to a Harvard psychologist, and he says if you use any of these nine phrases every day... You are more emotionally resilient than most people. So
4: it, this would be this would be proof you're more emotionally resilient. Or if you employ these phrases, you will become. N- I don't know about the becoming. Maybe, what kind of therapist are
3: you? Maybe
8: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> a, a non-credit accredited okay. one. Well, I, I believe in you. So uh, I, I think if you already do this, this is a sign. But maybe you can use these. It's like a mantra as a as uh, as a, as a, um, a mechanism yeah. to help you become more resilient. Resilient. All right. So, Interesting. Emotionally resilient people are deliberate in their response to painful experiences. They allow themselves to grieve, remind themselves of what they are grateful for, and focus on what they control in the moment. Um, so it says many people struggle with this. It takes effort, practice, and mental strength. So maybe, yes, if you practice okay. these type of things. And I, I was reading through this, and I hit most of these. And I I, I, I definitely do this. My, my sister and I were having a, a conversation not that long ago. My mom Mom is going through some struggles. It's really weighing on my sister big time. I mean, and, and my sister is not emotionally resilient. And she had asked me how I stay so strong. Yeah. And I really didn't have an answer for her. Was sexy just, fries. Uh, you can't beat sexy fries from Butcher and Barkeep. It does <laughs> yeah. help yeah. quite a bit. Um, what did you say to her? Uh, I I told her I don't really know. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I couldn't offer up any advice on how maybe she can be uh, more resilient, but I do have a handle. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not emotional. I do. You know, I, I get, especially when it comes to movies and TV shows, yeah. I, mean, you know, I get oh. emotional when it comes yeah. to that stuff. But I can usually have
4: a handle on things, and, and it's because of saying
3: little phrases like this, which I'll share with you here in a second.
4: Well, then this couldn't come at a better time because there's all sorts of reports coming out about stress levels in today's world and people dealing with certain things and on a a macro and micro level, what people are encountering, and that's why we have so many, you know, um, uh, people seeking therapy and and help with their mental condition.
3: I think that some of it comes with time, too, of of going through things. Wisdom! Yes.
4: General general acquired wisdom.
3: Uh, So I will, um, I'll give you this first one. Number one, says if if you use any of these phrases, every day you're more emotionally resilient than the most. And the first one is, I can get through this. Yes. Emotional resilience is associated with grit and mental toughness. There is an understanding that we have to be strong and overcome adversity without letting it break us. A similar phrase is, as much as I hate this, I can survive it.
4: I will break you. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Oh yeah, because I can get through this.
3: <laughs> Maybe we need to use the Rocky music.
4: I know that you didn't think I could get through this, but because I listened to the Preston and Steve show, Preston said I could. Well, you know the phrase I use all the time, uh-huh. which is similar to this: "This too shall pass." Right. Yeah. This, it's the same thing. Yeah, I, I can get through this.
3: Something similar. I don't say "this too shall pass," but I but I do when, when I'm going through uh, a funk. Yeah, I, I always know that. Every single time I've come out of this, it does. It's going to take, a, it, it may stick around for a little bit, but every time I've come out of this and I will come out of this again.
4: It's the truth. Yeah. And it's some, it's when you're in it, it's hard to uh, believe that. Sure. But again, Preston, you're right. If you live long enough, you realize the cyclical nature of yeah. these things. And you can think of those times when you're at the beginning of something that was a horrific run and realize that you got past it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Unless you got killed,
5: uh, I, there's a there's a cliche that I heard years ago that you know some people hate it, but I love it. Is uh, you know God will not give you anything that you can't handle, right? Right. So if you're if you're a spiritual person, if you're you know a, a man or a woman of God, or a prize fighter, or a prize fighter, yeah. uh, you know, then that that will ring true to you. Yeah. And, uh, but no, I, I mean, I look at uh, how other people have uh, handled adversity, and and there are a lot of people in my life that I know have been handed some pretty lousy scenarios, and they. Have gotten through it one way or another. And, you know, so you can uh, draw upon the strength of other people. Absolutely. And there's another saying that I got from the movie, uh, The Edge, with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin what one man can do, another can do. So. So, that's, yeah. yeah so and I there's a bear that. in that movie. Right. There is a uh, bear.
3: But yeah. I mean, listen. Now, this, uh, with a caveat here, uh, you know, you, you talk about more than you can handle. Now, if you have like a, you know, like a terminal diagnosis yes. or something like that, that's a different story. I mean, this is this is more day to day. I think. But
4: you can you can apply. I, I, I got. It. I know what you're saying. It's, it's all yeah. it's all relative. But I think yeah. uh, we talk about this a lot, and people can people sometimes get dismissive of these things, uh, of these mantras, of these things to remind yourself of. I've employed them for many years of my life to get through things, and, and they've worked. So I'm on the other end of a lot of this stuff saying, yeah, it, they did work for me, so hopefully they work for you. By the way, number four phrase
3: on this uh, list is, this two shall pass.
6: Oh, mm-hmm. there so you We go. just knocked two out of I didn't way. even read the list. Yeah. Can I ask a kind of morbid question to you guys? Sure. Uh, uh, sort of along these lines. Um, I've been thinking about Paul Rubens, and uh, I often think about Norm McDonald a lot, and both of those guys kept their illnesses really close to the vest, and not many people knew at all Um, If you got a diagnosis like that, and that's why I brought it up, Preston, because you were just talking about what would your attitude be, um, would you tell people? I don't know. I'm, I'm not really sure. I thought about that recently in the same thing, and I'm like, man, what would I do? I really don't know. I was watching uh, a clip. Mean, of- I mean, an
4: absolute t- terminal
3: yeah.
6: Well, yeah. diagnosis. I was yeah. watching a clip of Norm uh, on Letterman, and it was actually, ironically, like two or three weeks before he was here, uh, before he did his show at Helium, and I was wondering on that clip with, with Dave, if Norm knew that he was sick at that point. He might very well
4: have known that. I think what I would do, you know, I've 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 had cancer and, and, and prostate and beat that, and thankfully, you know wonderfully with uh the assistance of uh, dr mike great terrific but if i had something where i said you know, you know if you've got six months i would come to work and cry all the time i think yeah. that's what i would do <laughs> on on air. Yeah, yeah on <laughs> air and i think i'd walk up and down the hallways <laughs> i think just
5: free lunches
4: alone yeah door, yeah that yeah, I yeah, would yeah. Get. it's gonna help all right
8: <laughs>
5: I think like right. a, a lot of times it's uh and and I feel this like you just don't want people to Fuss, fuss over you, yeah. and mourn over you
4: while you're still alive. Case when when I so when I had the, the prostate cancer and had the you know and I had the surgery, I had no symptoms. Had the PSA saved my life. I encourage you to get the PSA test, uh, you know. But um, Preston, you know, after that they were they, I got a few awards for my battle with cancer, and I, I had to say, you know, I, I didn't battle it. I, I didn't battle, you know, yeah. someone like yeah, you, you got, got it on quick, quick. Yeah. right? Yeah. And so someone who's like a kid at a chop right now who's dealing with it that's a battle right. so it's all relative
3: all right here's another phrase that if you say every day you're more emotionally resilient than most and it is i am not going to let myself be a victim being resilient means that when you experience the pain of mistreatment you shift your perspective from i'm a victim and powerless to help myself too how can i grow from this yeah a similar phrase is even though I i'm was growing in- right now uh, <laughs> <laughs> just looking yeah. at you oh, just looking yeah. at you <laughs> Uh, you no, know, a similar phrase is, even though I was a victim in this situation, I won't let it define me or ruin my future.
4: That is super sage advice. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, to, to, you, if you feel you're invested in the outcome and you can learn or, or take control of it, that will help you. Mm-hmm. Did you is, it, is there a time recently where you employed that and mm. thought, I'm not going to be a victim? Not in recent memory. I, I like did when have... you were turning that screw and your shoulder oh, exploded. Oh man, that poor guy. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I did have a day where I ran into a couple of people that were just jerks yeah. for no reason. And, and I, 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 one of them I let get to me. Uh, and then after a while, it faded, fortunately, but I couldn't shake it for the day. Right. Um, but I, I tried to remind myself, dude, don't let this guy get under your skin. There's no reason for that. It's not worth it. You took control.
6: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Was it a traffic incident? No. Uh, oh, because no. I had one of those last week, and it really shook me and bothered me. Yeah. And and uh, believe it or not, Preston, I went to Hand in Stone that day and got a massage, and I was like, you know what? I had this to look forward to. Yeah. I'm going to go over there and relax, and it was incredible, and it helped me. Get through,
8: yeah. Because I
4: was I, so
6: mad. And I was so mad. Perfect way to take care of it. If I have a little incident
4: or if there's something that's wrong, I keep a gun in the car. Okay. And oh, so gosh. what I do? Okay, and so I will just get out and shoot in the air a few sure. times. Yeah. And man, do I feel good. It's will you make like a noise
3: strictly? like? Yeah. yeah, that works too. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Boy, do I feel good. Where's Hand in Stone? <laughs> <laughs> By
8: when the way, it's, uh,
4: yes.
11: When it's someone else's aggression towards me, I try to think, like, are they having a really bad day? Uh, yeah. Did their cat die this morning? Like, that- like, especially in the traffic, you know it's not at you it's just like at the situation yeah. and it's just the unless yeah. you're a really Marissa, big jerk and did something bad that's but.
4: very good too uh, there was a guy i thought i i was antagonistic to in in uh, you know in my old neighborhood and i'd see him out on the trail and he'd be walking his dog and i'd be walking my dog and i'm like this guy is a Dick, I, you know, and I, I, we exchanged words a few times, and, and I later found out his wife was dying of cancer. Wow! And we, we got to talking, and and then he became a friend. And uh, you, you remember that? That's mm-hmm. very sage advice. What is that person? Perhaps what did they just learn that morning? What you know? What's going on in their lives? We don't know.
3: Mm-hmm. There's a there's a great episode of, of Ted Lasso where uh, yes. Isaac freaks out and goes up into the stands uh-huh. and. Uh, mm-hmm. And then um, uh, Roy is is giving his commentary, and he's like, "Look, I don't know what's going on in his yeah. life. I don't know what's going on in your life. You don't know what's going on in my life. Uh, right. You have no idea. Yeah. You know." So, by the way, <laughs> watch that <Dead> last <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. a good start. That's, that's a good place to to put you in the right. All right, we have we have calm therapy music. Okay, let's try this now for the therapist and see how this fits in. Ooh, there you go.
11: Nice job, Connor.
3: I like it. The therapist Excuse me. (laughs) You (laughs) get so relaxed. This is a safe space.
11: Let it all out. You can let it out. (laughs) Uh,
4: Slowly. Yes. Like you're letting a line out. A little more? A little more? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Keep it coming. Mm -hmm. You got any more in there, buddy?
3: Uh... There you go. Congratulations. It all comes all right, back to here's farts. another phrase that if you say you're more emotionally resilient than others, and that is Nick just gave a good phrase by the way. What was it? It all comes
4: <laughs> down to farts. Uh,
3: no, no. The phrase is life is hard. Yeah. 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 Resilience is associated with a basic uh, acceptance that life isn't always fair, and that we all experience emotional hardships. Accepting this truth helps people to not take things as personally when undesirable events happen, and there's a similar. A phrase that you could use, which is I won't always be happy with how things play out, but that is part of the journey. So if you can and remind yourself of that.
5: Don't stop believing. And no, don't yeah, stop yeah, believing. That's a good yeah. point. And that's a really good point. Roll with the changes. changes. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Please. All of these things. We haven't
3: learned from Journey and Ario's speedwagon and we haven't and yeah. done our jobs. All right, so And
4: Rock Me Amadeus. Yeah.
5: Ah right. I don't have that one.
4: <laughs> okay. Uh, ah, let it play. I listen to. It. Uh, do you do you have mantra songs that you play during the week? Absolutely. Roll with the changes yeah. is one of my mantra songs, and that's what the song is. Yeah, that's it's what it's, it is. Honestly,
3: it's about. Hey, man, just go with it. If, if you, you don't turn some pages, yeah.
7: As soon as you are ever.
3: No, there's a song I told you from yeah. Mario Speedwagon called Keep Pushing. Yeah. And uh, it's all about living on your own, living alone. Uh-huh. And and that song helped me out when I first moved out on my own and started my career. Really? It was living by myself and I, I went into a funk and I would listen to that song. Yeah, because uh, um, the, the, the lyrics go, I used to be lonely till I learned about living alone. I found other things to keep my mind on. Um, and uh, I've gotten to know myself a little bit better. And yeah, I keep pushing on. And yeah. it's just a great... It, I love uh, it. it That's my little mantra I love it uh, So, Ario Speedwagon yes. God bless ya yeah. <laughs> Alright, here's another one Here's another phrase that you
4: can use God bless Ario <laughs> Speedwagon <laughs> More. I just want to remind you <laughs> Of the sentient, salient points often made By Ario Speedwagon <laughs> Mr. Gorbachev's role with the changes
8: <laughs> How the hell did Roddy
3: get in here? Wow Okay Here's another phrase to use. The moment you
4: are wheelless and I am able.
3: The phrase that you can use for another uh, 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 another resilience right. phrase you can use is: What can I learn from this? This is one that I I don't use that often and
4: need to use more often, which is. You've been presented with something. Yes. Are you going to glean something from it yes. or is it just going to be a bump that you're going to ignore? Yeah. And it's it, hard to remind yourself to do that. If if there's a negative experience you that you have, how
3: can you is there something you can take from it? So it says openness to experiences and the ability to shift from perspective from why did this happen to me to what can I take from this to help me grow can help you better navigate through life's inevitable ups
4: and downs. Do you know what helped me with that? Mm. When um, Therapy, counseling. Yeah. So so yes. I've, I've used it a couple times in my life just to get a perspective and learn how to process those moments. Mm-hmm. It does help. Yeah. The the tough part is reminding
3: yourself to ask that question <laughs> is to go, all right. right, wait a minute. Hold on. I just went through this. Yes. Let, me, let me step back and analyze this for a second. Or do I want to repeat this over and over again yeah. without
4: growing? Yeah. And I'm growing right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> All right,
3: uh, another phrase that will help you be resilient is, I need some time. A key component of resilience is emotional flexibility or the ability to regulate your feelings and reduce their intensity in a given situation. Mastery over this can help us feel empowered during challenging times. So a similar phrase to use is, I'm feeling a strong emotion, so I'm going to take a moment mm. before I respond
6: or make any big decisions. Now, here's where I struggle with that. Remembering that little last part right when the emotion is happening because my mind gets flooded by the emotion itself, especially when it's anger. Yeah. And I have to I have to try consciously to think of that thing where I bring that thought into my head instead of allowing the emotion, normally anger, to take over my thought process. So the tool is sitting there and you can't... like, yeah, it's, it's, like it's out exactly.
4: of your reach. I know exactly what you're talking about. So with me, where it's manifested the most is if I have a... Uh, a dust up with Claire, okay. you know, where I let me take a breath. Yeah, and so and so oh, and, yeah. and, and, and and she knows if she feels that way with. Me. Let's step back. Like, cooler heads prevail. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's a classic axiomatic
6: phrase, but it is the, it's yeah. the truth. Take that breather. It mm-hmm. will help. Yeah, Steve, in therapy one time... O.J. didn't. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that takes it to an extreme. Yeah. But it, in therapy one time, I learned the lesson of, like, if you're literally seeing red, if you feel like your engines are revving yeah. into the into the red, um, do your best to separate that just for a moment, knowing that time will allow the RPMs to go back down. Right. right. States. So, yeah. no, if you
4: say... If I have it said to me, or I say, I'm just going to take a minute, a couple minutes, let me think about this, rather than the perception of storming off or or, storming out of the room, I'm just going to. Collect my thoughts here. Yeah, I think everybody understands that because everyone's been on the other side or something like that. Well, you know the, what I'm
5: saying? The, yeah, the Serenity Prayer is a really great mantra for that stuff. Uh, yeah, uh, which is, God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. And if you can say that over and over again as you're experiencing said emotion, uh, it's a you know said negative emotion. It really does help if you understand the words.
4: The real challenge is, can you say that with a mouthful of cinnamon? Mm,
3: uh, yeah. No. Okay. Yeah. If Breathe that stuff in, man. Oh, you start yeah. choking He's right a, away. Don't great. even try it. Mm-mm. All right, uh, another phrase uh, that can keep you more uh, resilient is: um, I still have things to be grateful for. Mm-hmm. We're hardwired to notice threats to our well-being, but people who are resilient find a way to turn towards the positive, even in times of difficulty.
4: I had the- I had a, a a incredibly clear lesson in what uh, I call compartmentalizing. Um, when my mother was, you know, in hospice at home, she was dealing with all sorts of stuff. And then she'd sit there, and she loved Lipton tea, and she'd make tea for her. And she'd go, this tea's really good. So here she's sitting in a hospital bed, days are numbered, all of that stuff. But here's something good yeah. Mm-hmm. and enjoying it, you
3: know? Yep. Uh, a similar phrase you use is, I may be struggling, but I can find a way to be thankful for the good things in my life. So, yeah, kind of find those those good things and it may be hard to see those things That's, sometimes.
4: and i know both you and i agree on i have no i i find it hard to have time for anyone who can't find something that they should be thankful for in life mm-hmm. it's like really what what are you
6: owed it's hard to separate yeah, crumb bum the, um sometimes um that emotion with with toxic positivity, with somebody just saying, eh, it's gonna be fine. Everything's gonna be alright. And that's you know? dismissive. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And so, like, when you, and, and so you have to, sometimes these negative emotions or these negative thoughts serve a purpose. So I think you have to allow for those to exist. Uh, going back to what you said earlier, Preston, life is hard, right? Mm-hmm. So if if life is going to suck sometimes, acknowledge that it's going to suck sometimes, but it's not going to suck all the time. Right. And as we're having this conversation right now, this is a pretty deep conversation we're
3: having yeah. here. But, I, but I'm also well, thinking about... We'll get into the baseball stuff later. We are getting to the baseball stuff later, yeah. baseball <laughs> stuff later on. Uh, but I'm also thinking about somebody who might be listening right now who going who's going, dude, you guys have... You have no idea sure. how bad my life is. You know what I mean. Yeah. And there are people who have really,
4: really dark things going on. That you just, you just you just can't, can't even comprehend. Yeah. But yeah. there are similar stories. And again, the last thing you want to do, and you're exactly right, Nick. Is say, we will just be happy. Yeah. No. 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 Right. No. That's right, right. the last thing. Huh. More people. It's something you learn also when you're you're married or in a long term relationship. You you're not you're not being asked to fix anything. You're being asked to understand and you know commiserate or, or you know to 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 be empathetic to not i'll take care of it for you you can't do that but i i feel where you're coming from means a lot more
3: you guys want to talk to an actual therapist yeah yes. all right let me go to uh hey do we have therapist uh music One, yeah. once again right here. I rock rock second. Here. Hang, on, hang on there we go all right uh this Ooh. is uh mallory yo mallory Hey, bitches. Hey, what? what? all right mallory are you a therapist I am. Oh, excellent! Are, are, we, are we making? Uh, How are we doing? Good, good yeah. points
16: here. <laughs> this is awesome, you guys. I love this discussion that you're having. Um, so I'm calling because I just heard you guys talking about, you know, wanting to regulate your emotions. And Nick, you were talking about struggling with anger. So I wanted to give you and your listeners a helpful skill that you can try the next time you're struggling with that. Good. Okay, so it's called stop. It's an acronym. Uh. The, st- the S stands for stop. You can physically stop yourself. Just give yourself a moment to freeze. Don't do anything. Don't say anything. Recognize when your anger or another negative emotion is on like a scale of 8, 9, 10 out of 10, you're not going to think or do anything really logical. Mm-hmm. You want to give yourself time to just stop. Right. The T stands for take a step back. So when you're faced with a difficult situation, it might be hard to think about, you know, how am I going to deal with this on the spot? So give yourself that time to just calm yourself. Take a step back, you know, figuratively from the situation and get unstuck from what's going on. All right. Then the O stands for observe. So observe what's happening around you. Observe your anger, the, that other negative emotion coming down in intensity. Maybe if somebody else is involved, take a moment to notice what's happening with them. Yeah. If you're having trouble grounding yourself in the moment, look at what's around you. Just just do some mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And then the P stands oh, can for-, I guess for... Can I guess yeah. what the P is for? Yeah. Uh,
3: puke. There's a, <laughs> like mm-hmm. like a moments, and you just follow
16: like <laughs> If you're able to get it down that
3: low. Okay, no, fight or flight. What does the P stand for?
16: It stands for proceed mindfully. So at this point, hopefully, that mm. anger or that other emotion has lessened in intensity. So now you can actually let your logical mind kick in and ask yourself, you know, what do I want to do? What do I want to say? How do I want to respond? So you're, react- you're responding rather than reacting.
4: Uh, that's a great way to proceed. And it's, and it's stop, correct? It's stop. S-C-O-P. Okay. so All right. So actually stop, take a step back, observe, and then
3: uh, proceed. Puke. And then puke after yeah. that. yeah. <laughs> Yep. All right. Thank you, Mallory. Appreciate that.
16: You're welcome. Thanks for having this
4: conversation. I'm yeah, anytime, so. you it. Anytime. You do sense there's a lot of people, you know, dealing with stuff. I know we all do. And I, I see a lot of people who just seem to be, you know, having a, having a tough time slogging yes. through
3: it all. Sure. And, and, uh, and a therapist like yes. Mallory is, if, if you have the ability to reach out to someone and, and talk to them, do it. I, I did it a few years ago and I remember I was like, I, I ended into it hesitantly, uh, and i called my my best friend who had spoke to a therapist i'm like dude how do you start yeah with this you could you just call him and to talk to him and and uh, and that's it What oh, is this that is that is literally how you start
4: and you'll figure it out as you go along well right now we actually also have the uh, it's a recent development it came i guess it really came to the forefront during covid which is the ability to sort of <laughs> Tell a see a therapist oh, or Zoom yeah. a therapist or yeah.
8: it, it, I've
4: I've never met my
12: therapist in okay, person. Yeah. actually. And, so if, and if, if it you work, right? I mean, yeah.
4: if you're if you're reticent, that might yeah. be something to consider. Don't. Don't suffer if you don't have to. Yep. All right, so there's two more phrases here. All
3: right. Uh, to mention that will keep you emotionally resilient or, or show that you are emotionally resilient. This Remain clappy. This one is, it is what it is. And that's a phrase you hear all the time.
4: And a lot of people hate that phrase, but I think I, it, I think it's a good phrase. It is what it is.
3: If you don't like it is what it is, can you say, que sera, sera? Yeah. <laughs> whatever will
4: be, will be. Yeah. yeah. Or
5: "sai et along con con.
4: Yeah. That which might is be, Nell's you know, way of saying, I just pooped in your foyer. <laughs> <laughs> Nell!
5: what you
4: do no.
14: <laughs>
4: that's her mantra
5: you better clean it up
4: yep so yeah is for never be sad <laughs> yeah that's her that's Dwight. her version of stop <laughs> So anyhow, the the Always key Always be conning. <laughs>
8: that's
4: the Glengarry Glenn Ross Nell speech. Yeah. The key to
3: resilience is not denying reality it's or Stephen Mamet wrote <laughs> Nell. Or seeking out a reason that makes us feel better about why something happened. When we arrive sidle a con When we arrive at a place of radical acceptance, the situation has less power over. So a simpler phrase you can use is, is I have I have to see reality for what it is, even if it is not what I want, so I can move forward. Word, yeah. So this is the way yeah. it is, and and uh, accept that. And I, but I can move past that. So my
4: you know younger I mean? brother Tom Preston, he, I used to, as a kid. I used to freak him out and say, you know, Tom, the universe goes on forever. We don't, you know, we don't know where it ends, and that the enormity of that, uh, you know, would, would drive him over the edge, and he would freak out. And the thing I always say is, you know, but you're still going to get your visa bill in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> you know? right. It's still going to come. That's that's the way of it. Somebody
3: texts and says, it is what it is, and it ain't one and eight. Kong Kong.
8: <laughs> exactly. Now
3: go poop. I let Nell out to poop. Case, you got to take Nell out.
5: <laughs> no. Take Nell out. I you just gotta- took Nell out. Yeah.
14: Yeah. Look, yes. she
3: rang the bell by the door. <laughs>
14: <laughs> All right,
3: before I get the last phrase, hang yeah, on. Uh, Donna... <laughs> you gotta, gotta go con uh, <laughs> Donna wants to share a phrase that has helped her. Let me go to her. Hey, Donna, good morning.
17: Hi, sorry to bother you at work.
3: No. Nope. Hey, what's up, Donna?
17: Um, it would just be too long to get into, but there's something called DBT therapy. Okay. And... I, I'm. Like, I was listening to the therapist, and I'm like, "Oh my god!" One of the DBT skills is stop. Oh, okay. And, and then that- when you just. Me- and then when you when you just mentioned radical acceptance.
8: There you
4: go. So, have so um, done? Have you used these techniques? Have as? it made a difference in your life?
17: It has saved my life.
4: Ah, uh, wow. uh, And there was it a-
17: has kept me. It has kept me out of. I I spent time in an out hospitals. It has kept me out of the hospital. Nice. And it has kept me alive. And the the one that works for me is it's a skill called ride the wave and it's you allow the emotion you don't fight it and then you remind yourself that it's not a permanent right so like so what i said you know is it's not like the um uh this two shall pass or whatever it's this feeling isn't permanent
4: right no you know, that's
17: because it, because if you you get into your head and you think this feeling is permanent and then you that leads you down that dark
4: hole. No, you're right. You know, so Pierre always describes, you know, uh, he he says, you know, suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And, and it's sort it's 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 similar to that. And you're and you're doing well with this and, and, and this has helped you greatly.
17: Yeah, I mean I I I don't want to go into all of it, but, you know, yeah, it's, I mean, I'm so much better now. And I actually went through cancer during COVID. Oh, wow. wow. You know, it helped me get through that.
6: That's so, excellent. Donna, if you don't mind my asking, um, uh, how did you find your therapist and uh, how long did it take before you started feeling like this was working for you?
17: Um. Well, it's actually, it's actually like a course. Okay. That I was sent to after one of my hospitalizations, and honestly, the day that I started, I'm like, oh, this is just a waste of my insurance companies. Uh. <laughs> and by the time I left there, I was like, this should be being taught in schools. This this should be, it should just be, you know, everywhere. Okay. Well. And, and everyone that I've gone to GBT therapy with
3: agrees. CBT you know, therapy, which stands for yeah, dialectal behavior therapy, we pulled yeah. up the information here about it. Okay, uh, that yeah. sounds interesting. And
17: basically, what I've been what I what I tell people the best description is it's a combination of like CBT, you know, cognitive behavioral therapy, uh-huh. and mine and um. Like
11: Buddhism, then, like the That's, it's all
4: good stuff. With, and, and if the, it's helped you, yeah. because we, we want you around, we, we, we yeah, we, yeah we're, we're, we're so glad you called. Yeah, it says it's the type yeah,
3: like of the
11: talk therapist.
4: therapy for people who experience
3: emotions very intensely. Mm-hmm. For people with it's borderline good personality, disorder.
17: people
4: sort of. with a. Uh, it's very good for um, um borderline personality disorder. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Excellent. All right. Um,
17: I, well,
4: but I just, th- 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 go ahead, uh, Donna.
17: The therapist. I'm sorry. I'm. I
3: get forgetful
17: sometimes. The therapist. It's not a problem. Else. And. Oh, the therapist said something else, and I can't remember what
3: it was. That's all right. Listen, we will. We, we appreciate you enlightening us to this uh, DBT, and uh, people are listening to this, so hopefully, looking into that as well. It's
4: working for you, so we're happy. And about if that. you think of it, I, I just send it, it. Okay, go ahead.
17: It was regarding mindfulness. Okay, that's that's one of the main skills with DBT, is because you have to be mindful first. And then you, you know, can
3: take care of... of yeah, being rest. aware <laughs> of yourself, where you are, what's happening now, that yeah. type of thing. Yeah, All right. exactly. Okay. Awesome, Excellent. Donna. Thank you, Donna. Happy to hear you're doing well.
17: Thank you. All, All
3: right, right, take no. care. Very sweet. All right, and then the last, uh, the last phrase is, uh, I'm letting this go. Ah. Let it go. Staying mired in resentment, wanting retribution, or focusing on payback keeps us holding on to past pain. Developing resilience requires uh, getting to a place where we can see difficult life circumstances for what they are and actively choosing to let them go.
4: Isn't it essentially um, learning to roll with the changes? It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. totally. Okay. All right. Yeah, a yeah, similar yeah. phrase is.
3: It says, forgiving this doesn't mean it was okay. It just yeah. means that I am not, n- I am no longer letting it weigh me down. Yes. So there Side you go. along con- con. Yeah. Con- con. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. I know it's a bit of a, a heavy topic for this early in the morning, but.
4: Uh, if someone listening yeah. has benefited from it. I always think this is very important stuff to talk about. I think people respond well to it. We hope it makes a better day for you just pondering some of this. Absolutely. dearly you, you love it? Yes. It <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounded like. <laughs> that at yeah. the beginning, right?
3: Billy Um, And uh, uh, time's up, so uh, yeah. we have to wrap up our session now. But Thank you. Uh, please fill out the insurance information. Right, yeah. and, that will be $300. Uh, we'll bill <laughs> you.
8: Yeah.
3: Um, with that, let's take a quick break. We'll get into the bizarre file when we return. And with all the excitement last night at the ballpark, we obviously have to talk about that. Uh, Michael Lorenzen with the no-hitter. Ugh. And then you had uh, the new guy, Weston Wilson, who well, <laughs> his first uh, play late appearance, hits a home run after being in the minors for a gazillion years. I hit a home run. Uh, and uh Cassiano's had his 200. Yeah. So it was a crazy night at the ballpark. So we're going to talk to Michael Barkan in a little while. We also have John Croc on the program. We're going to talk mullets with him. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about UFOs and hot sauce. And it, listen, therapy, it's a full day. <laughs> okay. It is what it is. It is what it it's is. It's I along a long <laughs> Kong Kong. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay with us.
1: Looking for fun things to do this weekend? Pierre Robert's Weekend Calendar has you covered. Shows in town, movies to see, exhibits and specials around the Delaware Valley. Just use keyword Weekend Calendar at WMMR.com to get the list.
7: Preston and Steve, their name is their address. Uh, On on the web. PrestonandSteve.com.
0: Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme.
3: Window Nation.
0: You feeling the heat? Mm, Are you?
3: High temps aren't the only thing that are getting you hot under the collar. Wait till you see those energy bills. The solution? Call my friends at Window Nation for new energy efficient windows. And right now you get 50% off any style window. Bows, bays, double hung, sliders. 50% off. Plus zero down, zero payments, and 0% interest for 24 months. And this week only, you can receive an additional 10% off. 866-90NATION or go to WindowNation.com and tell them we sent you.
7: Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show podcast.
3: Don't forget, we're going to give away some uh, Bruce Springsteen tickets a little bit later on this morning via the lesson question. So make sure you're paying attention to anything that we say could end up in that later on this morning. But we have this to do now.
2: Bizarre. No. WMMR presents Desire. Preston and Steve's Bizarre.
3: Brought to you by or powered by PGW. Improve the comfort of your home and lower energy bills with a PGW Energy Sense rebate up to $1,400 in savings with new home heating equipment. Learn more at PGWEnergySense.com. So, Casey, this kind of speaks to something you were talking about yesterday. Tampa Mayor Jane Castor made a big catch while fishing in the Florida Keys with a family late last month, spotting and hauling in a package containing 70 pounds of cocaine. Okay. <laughs> wow. With an estimated street value of approximately $1.1 million. This is the mayor, mayor. of Tampa, yeah. Florida, who
4: pulled this in. Soon uh, announcing her govern- gubernatorial. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the package
3: was discovered south of the Marathon. Uh, Castor saved the location of, of the find on her watch as the family hauled the package out of the water onto the recreational boat and contacted the Monroe County Sheriff's Office to report the drugs. Border Patrol agents then took custody of the drugs. The package contained 25 bricks of cocaine. Wow. Now, before her current role as mayor, Castor spent 31 years with the Tampa Police Department serving in nearly every capacity mm. and in nearly every neighborhood in the city. In fact, she was involved in narcotics. Yeah. so She knew exactly <laughs> what this was when she saw it. Wow. In October 2009, Castor became Tampa's first female chief of police, serving for six years in that role, but she caught that cocaine.
4: (laughs) Do you know fly fishers seldom catch this stuff? (laughs) Seldom. (laughs) yes, seldom.
3: (laughs) Uh, The missing 66-year-old hiker from Austin, Texas who was found dead near a trail at a Utah National Park was on a journey to spread his father's ashes, according to his family. Yeah. His sister, Ruth Hendrix bro, uh, said Rangers no, 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 believe her brother, James Bernard Hendricks, who went by Jimmy, died from heat stroke. Oof. The National Park Service began searching for the Texas man and was reported overdue from the hike on August 1st at Arches National Park. And Wednesday, August 2nd, Rangers found Hendricks' vehicle uh, at the Sand Dune Arch Trail parking lot. Shortly no. after, Rangers discovered his body off-trail nearby.
4: And just for clarification, you said Jimmy Hendrix. Uh uh is that
3: his last yeah. name?
8: Yeah. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the Sand Dune Arch Trail takes hikers to a hidden arch between tall sandstone walls. The hike is less than a half mile round trip. Yeah. Park officials uh, rank it as an easy hike. It takes about fifteen to thirty minutes. From this trail, <clears throat> hikers can continue on to Broken Arch Loop Trail, which is about two point three miles round trip. It takes roughly an hour to complete. So this guy wasn't doing anything. No, too crazy it doesn't rough. seem like it's that
4: taxing.
3: But an investigation is being conducted. Rangers believe he died from a combination of heat, high altitude, and dehydration. When park rangers found Hendricks, his His uh, quart bottle of water was empty. Uh, He was making a long road trip and taking pictures of all the beauty as he went along. He was scattering his father's ashes with an intended final destination of Reno, Nevada, which is where their dad, Neil, lived much of his life. So that's, uh, and in fact, he was, he titled his trip His Last Journey with My Father. Oh,
4: well, yeah. Which oh my it was, God. but that's uh, terrible news. There's another place, Preston, where people go, uh, I forget where it is, but they <clears throat> they go to Spread Ashes or they go, you know, I'm going to make a trip here in honor of, of someone. And statistically, a tremendous amount of people die right. getting to this place. Uh, it's probably time to yeah, put a new place. keep it in the closet. <laughs> (laughs)
3: A driver plowed through the front of a community driving school on Tuesday morning, Uh, and it gets better. A photo shows the front end of a Hyundai Tucson sitting inside the building while the crash shattered windows and knocked into the brick. No one was uh, seriously hurt. One person suffered minor injury. Others were able to get out of the way in time. Police said the driver... ...is an employee of the driving school... (laughs) Uh, That makes it worse. ...who was attempting to park when he accidentally drove into the office. Is there another school in the area? Officers cited him for a traffic violation. uh, To the employee's credit, the school sign above... The front door says learn to drive and not learn to park. (laughs) A Cedar City man who police say had a human skull on a bookshelf in his home is now facing a criminal charge because of it. Uh, The 60-year-old man told investigators the skull was gifted to him as a child and came from the catacombs under London. But a police detective questioned the story and now prosecutors say they don't believe it either, although they aren't sure where the skull, which is estimated to be several hundred years old, came from. So
4: it's not like a question of murder. No. Wow. Yeah, so what's the big deal about? I don't know. The investigation began in
3: July when police... really, really
4: s- protect their skulls over there.
3: Responded to the man's apartment on an unrelated call for medical assistance. While in the residence, an officer noticed a realistic human skull sitting on a shelf of a bookcase. Where did you get that wishbone? Uh, so according to the deputy attorney, uh, Trajan Evans, uh, a roommate told the officer that the man had named the skull Alexa and that he talks to the skull, <laughs> calling it my name. Okay. That was my
8: skull! Yeah. Uh,
3: you could actually put the skull over over an Alexa yep. and then have a conversation. Detectives then questioned the man at the hospital. Uh, the man told police a relative who was dating a scientist at the time simply gave him the skull. Police and prosecutors, however, are skeptical that actually happened. I mean, it's hundreds of years old. It <laughs> sounds like that could have easily happened. It sounds like
4: there's some woman waiting at home for someone who's not coming back. Yeah, so a search... He went, left 700 years ago and he's never come back.
3: ...was obtained and the skull was seized and sent to the Utah State Crime Lab for analysis. Uh, police still aren't sure where it came from. More tests are being Conducted at the lab. Oh, by the way, under uh, Utah law, it is illegal to remove or disturb any part of a dead human body without a court order.
4: So okay, big. so what they're th- they're thinking? He might have there might have been uh, maybe body or something. Yeah. Problem. Okay. It still doesn't make a lot of sense. I agree. Twenty uh, five year old man who owned a
3: venomous forest cobra. That escaped its enclosure two years ago was sentenced to 15 months of community supervision. Honey, I need to tell you something. <laughs> Lawrence Maddle was uh, sentenced after a Dallas County jury found him guilty of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Release from Captivity Code a misdemeanor. The code says a person cannot intentionally, knowingly, recklessly, or with criminal negligence release or allow the release of certain animals, such as a cobra. You're free, Hissy. Uh, per the terms <laughs> of his supervision, Hissy. <laughs> Mad-
4: run, run with the other cobras. <laughs> Metal must lie. pay
3: a $998 restitution fee and must not keep any reptiles or snakes as pets. If he violates his terms, he could go to jail for six months. Yeah, it was in August 2021. The venomous six-foot-long West oh African-banded cobra escaped its enclosure. Run, hissy! Metal had a state permit to keep the snake and apologized at the time for causing panic. No sightings of the cobra have been reported since it disappeared oh two God. years ago. All right. That breed of snake is. is very shy, according to the According to the African snake Snakebite Institute...
4: It'll be one of those cases where the guy will be walking along and he'll... Is he? And mm-hmm. they, they embrace.
3: <laughs> yep. Yeah. All right. And then we'll do one more quick story and end with this. Erin uh, Patterson hosted a lunch for her ex in laws, and three of them died. Whoa. Police currently report the deaths is unexplained, but suspect poisonous mushrooms are to blame. Yes. On July 29th, Patterson hosted lunch for her former in laws and her ex mother in law's sister and their husband. The next day, all four fell ill. Three have passed away, and the fourth guest remains in critical condition. Patterson and her children did not fall ill and may have eaten a different meal. Uh, Detective Inspector Dean Thomas said the yes symptoms are consistent with consumption of death cap mushrooms. Uh, Patterson you denies. You got to be really
4: careful with those.
3: Patterson denies any wrongdoing. Uh, Thomas said we have to keep an open mind in relation to this. It could be very innocent, but. Well, you know what, Preston? So, know. Just
4: you mentioned that an alert had come up and it says bombshell development as ex husband of mom that you're talking about at center of deadly mushroom lunch. Claims she tried to poison him in the past. What?
3: Yeah. Just came out. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe we'll have a follow-up on that. And that is the final story as the music ends in the Bizarre File this morning. All right. Uh, as we take a break, I'd like to let you know that uh, apparently our belly flop videos are up and available uh, right at PrestonandSteve.com. If you've only seen the photos at this point, you definitely will want to see video of that. The photos were damn good. Debacle. Yeah. And I mean that in a in an endearing way because uh, it was just fantastic. So PrestonandSteve.com if you would like to. Uh, take a peek at that. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a moment. Our good friend, Mr. Michael Barkham, we got to talk about all the stuff that went on at the ballpark last night. We will do that when we return. Stay with us.
7: The MMRE is coming to your neighborhood. Join Nick McElwain and Heineken tomorrow from 3 to 5 at the home of the city's best happy hour, Wicked Wolf. 1214 Chestnut Street in Center City. Catch the Premier League kickoff and enjoy $7 crisp and refreshing Heineken Silver. 3.2 carbs and 95 calories. All the taste with no bitter endings. Enjoy Heineken responsibly. Hang with the MM Army Saturday from 2 to 4 at Rita's of Rockledge. 136 Huntington Pike for an MMR. Barbecue Ticket Raid. Enjoy your favorite Rita's Treats and enter for the chance to win a pair of tickets, which will be given away every 15
3: minutes.
5: Where'd you get that sandwich, Kenny? <laughs> I stole it from the Fanatic. We <laughs> were wondering where you were. I um, They sometimes have food on Thursdays, <laughs> and I knew that, and I didn't have any breakfast with me. Well, we
3: almost missed a live read and some other
6: things, so,
5: yeah. Um... Crap, sorry about that. <laughs> he goes back with a mouthful of food. What kind
6: of sandwich, though? A breakfast sandwich?
5: Where um, where do they have them? Is it the cafeteria? Yeah. No, it's down in their um, their little work area. It's a, you know, so, our, our thing is displayed, you yeah. know, for, in the lounge. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you regularly sneak down there on Thursdays? Um, last couple Thursdays. <laughs> Normally, I like to bring my breakfast with me. Um, I have these little protein bars that I have. Um that way I don't have to like eat the filter here. Yeah, and pilfer and stuff like that. By the way, so. I wasn't gonna say anything, but uh-huh. he, when you were doing <laughs> traffic, he turned to me and looked at me and shoved the last bit of the sandwich uh-huh. in his mouth like mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I was like, Oh. And it was good but it was great because uh Ricky patalica was down there for some reason. He's usually not on Oh, you know oh, I, Thursdays. I, Thursdays, you're right. Uh so I was talking to him and then freaking Bob Cooney comes out and starts chasing me like uh <laughs> Like, he was mad. I was like, dude. And Ricky Bow was the one who came to my defense. And he goes, do we eat all their food all the time? And I'm like, you're damn right.
6: <laughs> yeah, Ricky was not on postgame last night. It was Barkan and uh, Ben Davis yeah. talking about the uh, the no-hitter and the home run by Weston Wilson and, and also the uh, 200th home run by Castellanos. So I I didn't remember that Ricky is down the hall on Thursday mornings. By the way, do you know that we have the reputation, like, well, and I'll
4: hear it said, is it, uh, we got some stuff. It's not precedent. Steve food.
8: Yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Yeah,
4: we, we do. No.
3: We do have a reputation because when we do the meat needs, when restaurants come by and they bring food, some of them bring these really impressive yeah. spreads, yeah. and we kind of sit on it until after the show is over. So everybody walks up and down the hall and they see it all sitting out there, right. for a couple hours. And then when we're done, and we just the reason we we keep everybody from. Eating it is because we have scant few minutes to zip out during because we talk all morning long. Yep. To zip out there, get a bite real quick, come back in here. Yeah. And then so it, in the past, we've gone outside, and it's like, where's all the food? Right. And we're it's talking about it on the air. Yeah.
4: And so we, we ha- you, uh, we've we tasted so. it. If we say it tastes good, we've actually tasted it. I'm
11: yeah. going to pull this little clip right now from the YouTube stream, and I'm going to send it to the entire company so they know why, understand, when like they'll walk by and be like, oh, can I have some? I'm like, guys, Preston and Steve haven't even eaten yet. Yeah. Like, can you just chill for a second? It's
3: step? just because we don't have much time to get out there. Yeah. Then, then, well eight, with us, then. then when we're done, yeah. Marissa sends out an email to the and says, "Come and get it," and then you see everybody fly and down, fine. Right? Yeah. which is what it's, it's
5: for. Yeah, it's... it's for everyone. Nobody ate. By, I was the first one to <laughs> go through the bags <laughs> and grab my sandwich. Oh, so, down the hall. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No one had had a uh, shot at it. Okay, yeah, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah, you're you're like Fonzie. Yeah. I'm defiant today. I'm so bad, I'm naughty. Wow. Uh, so I just had uh, my sandwich. Now I'm going to take my crest door. So it uh, <laughs> doesn't go. show up in my blood. He's,
4: yeah, <laughs> that's how you're supposed to do. Take one pork chop and three Crestors. Yep, and
3: that's uh, they cancel each other out. That's how it works. All right, uh, our guest is online. He's ready to go. It was an exciting night at the ballpark last night. I didn't see any of it. You guys all saw you and Casey and Nick and Marissa saw the, all the action go down. The no hitter, uh, the first home run for Wilson. Uh, the 200th for Castellanos. It was uh, it was emotional to say the least because everybody was crying. Yeah, yeah. you know it was a magical night uh, at yeah. the ballpark. And maybe we'll catch this guy crying too. He's a good friend of ours, Mr. Michael Bark. Hey, buddy. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. <laughs> yeah.
8: Give
3: me a minute. Uh, uh, beautiful boy. A, a whole bunch of amazing things happened last night.
13: Yeah, I mean, where to start? Where to start first? Uh, just the, the win itself, which is so important. But you had, um, the Phillies had split eight games with this, uh, Washington Nationals team. So, so they, they had, and Washington's terrible this year, uh, but they have been playing well. So you needed the win. So that's out of the way. They got the win. That's good. Hopefully they wouldn't the finale tonight, and that'll be great. Then you have Michael Lorenzen, the 31-year-old pitcher. He's from California. Uh, He's been pitching for Detroit, and um, you know he he had a great first start for the Phillies. They traded for him, uh, Dave Dombrowski traded for him, and uh, right at the deadline, and he pitched very well. Gave up two runs at Miami in his first start. Yeah, and Michael, are right
4: you surfing right now?
13: <laughs> you know what. <laughs> <laughs> I got this one. Hang on. Oh, it
4: sounds as if you're hanging 10.
13: I just, wait, now I'm going to go inside. I don't want, you know, in my house, people, they sleep late. You know Oh, what oh I mean? okay. All right. You oh. You people are up all hours of the day and night, for God's sake. Now I'm going to go inside. Oh, you were,
3: okay. Right. Yeah. It's a- go inside a closet or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> it, it, it's quiet for everyone. The clothes will dampen the sound a little bit. It's yeah. like a little studio.
6: I'm that better? A little bit, yeah. Okay. How how late were you at uh, the studios last night, Michael?
13: Oh, uh, oh, eight o'clock? No. I, I I, <laughs> you left. left you left before Nick, the game ended. Nick Nick told me what the score was and what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I got a pull eight, you know. <laughs> which, which is beautiful. So so where where was I? Where you were, were you.
3: Yes. Uh, Well, you were talking about uh, Lorenzen, obviously, and... and...
13: Yeah, so Michael Lorenzen, and it pitched well in his first start in Miami, and last night was his first home start at Citizens Bank Park, and, um, you know, everybody... Well, Trey Turner Bryce Harper, certainly, got to be honest, and last night it was Michael Lorenzen mentioned the, the fans, and the fans were just absolutely insane last night, and they really moved this guy on to pitching a no-hitter. He had four walks, but who so cares. Um, he, he held that team hitless and And um, his pitch count was high. In the, in the seventh inning, he had, um, I think he, he had 100 pitches. And Rob Thompson was like, look, I'm, not, I'm only letting you go so far. And he had just spoken yesterday morning, Thompson, about managing Michael Lorenzi's innings.
3: Because his max innings. Wait, hold on. a second, Michael. Michael, the, now, now it's. What does it sound like now, Steve? It,
4: it sounds like you're on Maui. <laughs> yeah, trying to get away your fire.
13: Um I think you
4: have
3: it's just your headphones? phone. Are you? Are you on? Are you, are, do you have us on speaker right now?
4: No, 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 I, I, I'm, I have my AirPods in. Anyway, Oh, it got a little bit better. Uh, oh, you have your AirPods. I think what happened is you... you uh,
13: how about that? That's better. So much better. Jesus. But, but, yeah, yeah, but you know what the problem is? The radiation from the phone is frying <laughs> yeah. my head. It's
4: worth it, though. <laughs> it, it,
13: it's, so, it's so worth it. Yeah. Yeah. To get up early,
4: <laughs> to fry my head. Oh, my okay, God. Yes, so. it's like 80% better. Thank
13: you, Michael. Uh, all right, now let's start the whole thing again. Good yeah. morning. Yeah. <laughs> hey,
4: you must have been crying a lot last night.
13: <laughs> I was. I was just sobbing. Now, word, so, word
4: has it that you left? Uh, you left around eight o'clock. Is that true?
13: Eight o'clock. Yes. Nick filled me in on the remainder of the game. It Was so great.
4: Okay. <laughs> now really we're up to speed.
13: Yeah. <laughs> now we're up to speed. Beautiful. So so he had about a hundred pitches after seven innings, and Rob Thompson said. Um, you know what? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to watch you real closely. So you better be efficient. Otherwise, you're, you're coming out of this game. And remember the, the the, uh, the Phillies have pitched a combined, not with Rob Thompson managing, but they have had a combined no hitter before. And, um, and it happens in baseball not routinely, but it does happen in baseball. So I could see after everything Thompson has said about protecting players' health that, that, you know, if his pitch count got too high and he's 31 years old, which is certainly, which is a, which is, is an older a pitcher but here's the thing he had been a reliever he started his rookie year and then he had been a reliever Mm -hmm. so his max innings pitched was 113 plus he had Mm -hmm. 113 innings he passed that mark last night um and so I really thought, well, maybe maybe he's not going to let him do this. But he was being efficient after he pitched those 100 pitches. He settled down and then only pitched 24 more pitches the remainder of the game, which was which was absolutely unbelievable. And he talked about Lorenzen after the game how, how the uh, the crowd had a role in his victory and the team's victory. And that's what I was saying that Bryce Harper, Rob Thompson, Nick Castillo, all, all the Trey Turner, they they've, they've all said how important the fans were and, and a lot of it started Friday night with Trey Turner standing on this this crowd last night um and I don't believe it was it was completely full maybe it maybe it was by the end of the game people so let's get down to the ballpark but but <laughs> right, yeah. it was it was absolutely incredible and he said the fans had a had a role here in in, uh, in rooting me home and um and it was it was just amazing. And then that last batter, Dominic Smith, he was with the Mets for for quite a while. And he was brutal to the Phillies when he played for the Mets. He was always getting clutch hits. And I thought if anybody's going to break up his no-hitter in the last at-bat, it's Dominic Smith. But he got him to pop out. And uh, the rest is history. It's an, uh, unbelievable. 14th no-hitter in Phillies. History. And here's the other thing 322nd no hitter in baseball history. So if you, if you, uh, if you, and and the 138th first at bat home run by Weston Wilson. Yeah. So if you combine those, there have been about approximately 225,000 Major League Baseball games played. So that's one in 700, approximately, that are no hitters. And uh, the chances are one. In 1,630 of a first-game home run, and you combine both of those, the no-hitter and and the home run, it's a one in 1.1 1. 1 million chance. It's
6: yeah. amazing.
13: Yeah. It's happening in the same game. Yeah. You
6: know. Michael, it, right. it really was just unbelievably magical last night. I, I was really grateful to Casey because he texted me after uh, Weston Wilson hit that home run, which was uh, cool. So I, I, I tuned in from that moment on and watched the entire rest of the game the fact that Weston Wilson's family was there was amazing, and the first half of the game was really about him. Here's this guy who's been in the minors forever and comes up first plate appearance, hits a home run, (laughs) and then the whole game became, of course, about Michael Lorenzen, and um, I I got really emotional watching it last night. It was just so cool to see his mom there, to see his wife there, to see his little baby girl there. Apparently his father passed away a few years ago. The the call that uh, Tom McCarthy and Kruk had in the booth, and then the post game with you and Ben Davis was just wonderful, and it was just quintessential for It just it really made me thrilled to be a Phillies fan last night and just watching it from my couch. I wasn't even at the ballpark last night. It was such a cool experience.
13: Nick, I completely agree, and and the the way it unfolded last night was was beautiful, and I I do think it started Friday night when they returned for the homestand, and by the way they're now four and two on this homestand, but on Friday night you know they come in and Trey Turner gets the standing ovation in his first their first two at bats really, then it was kind of scattered after that, but and he got a hit on Friday night and then he had the the home run on, on Saturday, and and I think that in no small way the fans the electricity, and John Crux said it when he went into the Wall of Fame some years ago. He said, I feel sorry for players who never played here, who were too afraid to play here, or didn't like the fans because they were too scared to want to come and try to win here. And and I completely agree. I mean, we, we are a tough fan base, but we're a loving fan base. We, we know our sports. We know when we've got a winner on our hands. We know when we've got the chance of a winner on our hands, and uh, and that's what we've got in this Phillies team. We've got a lot of superstars on that team. We got some good relief pitching, good starting pitching, uh as as we saw last night and and um it's it was so it was so great. And baseball is is a sport that um it just gets passed on down throughout the generations, and and it's not only America's pastime, but I think it's it's America's game. Well, and, and
4: let, let me sorry. ask you something concerning that. So, and I was wondering, you may, you were making points earlier, and I, so if you're if you're the coach and you're seeing this start to unfold, and you were you're saying like with uh, Lorenzo, you know, uh, pitching, and and he's doing a great job, and do you? In your mind, do you have a percentage a Percentage that says, this could be a moment, so I'm going to do this. But this is actually for the game and for our progression in the season, so I'm going to do this. And it, or, or is it all about the game and it's just happenstance that you get these moments? Or do you believe a coach might actively say, I'm going to massage a potential moment for the fans here? Do you know what I'm saying?
13: Yeah, I I do, Steve, and I I think it's a little bit of both. I, I certainly don't like if if uh, Lorenzen had thrown 138 pitches, that would not be a good thing. I mean, in the old days, that that might have happened somewhat routinely, but it doesn't happen anymore. And once you get to 100 pitches, I mean, that is usually the limit for a starting pitcher. Yeah, uh, unless you're in a situation like last night, so. Obviously, he wanted to win. Obviously, they were home. It was Lorenzen's first home start, and he was completely aware of what was going on. But you know, he, he likes to talk about the health of of a player and protecting the health of a player. And Joe Girardi, his predecessor, used to, and they they coached together, used to say the same thing. And sometimes I, I don't, you know, I don't always agree with that. I I would never want a a player to be injured, but, you know, I hate to bring up the money, but I'm going to bring up the money. They get paid tens of millions of dollars to play banged up, to play hurt, not to play injured, but certainly to play hurt. uh, Talking to Ben Davis and the amount of times that that he played hurt or Ricky or John Kruk. And, and, uh, you know, so... Um, sometimes I think these guys ought to, ought to be in there a little bit longer or maybe they don't need that day off because you need to get a win against a particular team. But he sticks to his gun, and I respect him for that. Yeah. I, I really do. And mm-hmm. he knows his players better than anybody
9: else. So
13: uh,
5: as I'm watching last out. as I'm watching last night, and they entered into the bottom of the eighth, uh, you know the talk was, you know uh, his pitch count and everything like that, and uh, and they wouldn't have been surprised. the the, the commentators uh, had Thompson uh, taken Lorenzen out, uh, you know to to preserve him. How much? Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Uh how much say does the, does the actual pitcher get in that situation if like Whoa. if Thompson was yeah. like hey listen we're going to we're going to put Cambrallaner uh, or, or whoever and if you right. run around in the infield going no? Yeah, I mean because I you know um oh, no. I mean can I want to say <laughs> no. He can't override him but or or can well he can't but uh, I mean how much say does the does the pitcher actually have in a situation like that?
13: Well, in this case, we were talking about that as well during a commercial break. If if he was a younger pitcher, um, Thompson would have had a lot more say and a lot more sway over the situation. And he he could have last night at so chosen. But um, he he went to Lorenzen and he said, I think it was after the 7th, if not after the 8th, and he said... are, are you, how, how do you feel? He said, I'm good. He said, Are you strong? He said, I'm good. And he said, Are you strong? He said, Yes, I, I'm, I'm strong. I, I feel strong. I feel good. And that's important. Um, I think had he, had he walked a guy, um, even the first batter, I think he probably would have been out of there. Definitely if he walked the second batter, mm. he would have been out of there. I, I, and, and, um, you know, uh, I, I think it all, it all worked out. Uh, which, which is a good thing. <laughs> it did. And and I think, you know, he was he's the sixth starter, and they traded for him to kind of be like a utility pitcher, and he's wanted to be a starter. He's in a, he's in his, like, I believe his sixth season. His first season he was a starter, and then he didn't start again until last year, 2022, and, and he started about 18, 19 games, and, and then he'd been starting a little bit for Detroit, but he wants to start. Yeah. But when, you're, when your pitch numbers are 113, two-thirds innings, which he had entering the game. So he had just pitched over his career maximum the, the start <laughs> against Miami and, and Thompson saying, I'm going to manage this guy's innings pitched." Um, and you kind of wonder where it's going. But it, yeah. it, it, it all worked out. Yeah, Michael,
5: cool. I'm um, yeah. watching the game last night. Uh, my daughter ended up coming into the room with two outs left in the game and started asking questions. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, she didn't she didn't know that there was a, a no hitter in play. You and, are adopted. But, well so but she was asking questions, Michael, that required me to tell her exactly what was going on and I felt uneasy even um <laughs> even saying, saying, saying or suggesting that something was in play. The first rule of no hitter. But, but you know what? The commentators were talking about I the no hitter, so I was like, I'm like i Not blaming Krunk, them. Crook yeah. was superstitious, and uh-huh. T
6: Mac was like, What is it? He was him a little suspicious, but <laughs> <Yeah>. not superstitious.
11: <laughs> I think even during the cut in, Mike, you guys said uh, something special is happening right. over there. Like, yeah. you just don't say the words.
13: Yeah, you don't say the words, and I did that upon taking advice, Marissa, from everybody in the office. I'm like, what should I do? do I say the word because I've got this guy straight right in my hands. I mean, if I say this, he's going to. You know, are you? I mean, are you kidding me? And then, and then in like the. Uh, like in the, I guess it was the 8th the inning, the end of the 8th inning I saw a little a little line on top of our score bug in the upper left hand corner <laughs> of the screen and it said no hitter, alert, yes! no hitter alert
4: Is that the point at which your producer said, comes over to you it and it says, are you strong?
8: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
13: And I said I'm so emotional <laughs> I can't do it um, so, so, so I'm thinking well there goes that we, they, they just put up no hitter alert or alert are you kidding me? So, but I'm with you. It's like this has been a long standing um, tradition in baseball that if a pitcher is throwing a no hitter it's not spoken about by the announcers. Uh, it's not spoken about by the players. They they don't say anything. They, a lot a lot of times, I've seen uh, in games in the game coverage, you you see the pitcher in the dugout when the when the team's batting, and you see the pitcher sitting off by himself yeah. because the rest of the yeah. team
2: is nowhere near him.
13: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and, and you know, I think that's all very very well and very cool, and uh, I, I love the tradition of it. But at the same time, um, if you're just tuning in, and Nick. You said Case lets you know, but, but if, if you if he hadn't, you just tuned in. Wouldn't you want to know? Like, this guy's got – like, let me put it this right. way. Yeah. Ben and I were at the ballpark. We're sitting in the press box. Ruben Amaro's on my right. John Clark's on my left. Ben's on the other side. We're watching the game like it's an August game. You know, we're kind of having a little conversation. We'll watch the plays, the whole bit. Then I look at the line score on the scoreboard, mm-hmm. and I'm like, uh, it says five, five or six hits huh. for the Phillies. and like, there's no hits? There's no hits for the... He's got a no-hitter. There's no hits for Washington. We got to get out of here. Yeah. Um, So, so... We went back to the studio. We, we we made it back in time for the for the seventh inning hit, as you saw. But but that you know what happened, which which kind of um, obscured it, was he walked two guys, one in the first inning and one in the se- in the second inning. So Washington had runners on base mm. in each of the first two innings, and he walked four guys. Mm-hmm. So so when you have that, it, it, it kind of uh, it fools you a little bit, and so then then you realize it, they don't have any hits. Holy smokes! Yeah. and then you stop. Stop talking about
5: it. Uh, which well, is, I will say when you walk it. four guys, when it comes to yeah. the ninth inning, what that does is you are now you're, you're pitching to. Wait, who are you pitching to at that point? You're are you 28,
6: pitching 30, and thirty one? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah.
5: he, he faced yeah. that number of batters. Yeah. yeah. No, no, but are, you're facing basically the top of the lineup. Yeah, they're going right. to cycle back over. Oh, man. <laughs> right, right. right uh, I, 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 I do have a question, Mike, uh, when, cause I, and I think this needs to go to like everybody listening. If you happen upon something like a no-hitter in play and you don't know what's going on, uh, it, there needs to be a universal way of telling somebody that there's a no-hitter in play. No, because it doesn't matter. It does not matter. I know, Preston. <laughs> <he> <laughs> Hear of me to freak out right now. I know, but if you do say it and uh, then somebody gets a hit, then you are going to be blamed for ruining here's, no
6: hitters. You're saying ever, like ever. A, a, code a code signal. signal. Here's what I did. My, my code signal, and I, I tweeted this, and I texted my brother, and I texted my fiance. It's just the little eyeballs. It's that you're watching something, and that, to me, is you're not saying the words. You're yes. not breaking the superstition, which I acknowledge, Preston, well, technically is insane. <laughs> no, you're not writing the words or saying the words no hitter.
5: I just don't want to get blamed for something that I know is yeah. not my fault. So
6: the little eye, eye emoji, that gets
4: you there. Um, How <laughs> (laughs) How about if you put the eyes up and then you write the words and watching a
13: no-hitter right? <laughs> yes. that, I think that's good. I think that's good. You know, the, the little eyes watching a no-hitter. Yes. I, mean, I, 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 My- I, think, I think that's great. You know, I, I think I think if you went out of your way, mm. um, and I'm t- talking to the announcers now, which is, a, I'm assuming, what you're talking about. I think if you went out of your way to kind of uh, have a little fun with it and not say the words, no-hitter. He's talking a no-hitter right now. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you did not say that, but you said, you know, Lorenzo, uh, Lorenzo, L- L- Lorenzen uh, has been has been pitching great. He's got something potentially magical going on, something that have to have to do with with uh, uh maybe hits and the lack thereof. I mean I don't think people would get mad if he framed it like that. What if you, had you had what time. if you speak in pig Latin? Yeah.
3: Would that be <laughs>
13: sidestepping it? It? It hey? yeah. as he uh <laughs> One Interhe Arcande
4: Arcande A say
6: He's he's Ed day. But- he's- Michael, I wanted to uh, bring up a few other things real quick. Um, uh, you, first of all, it was his first complete game ever in, the, in his entire career, Lorenzo. And he never pitched a complete game before, let alone a no hitter. Um, I don't want to overshadow the fact that, uh, Nick Castellanos hit his 200th home run, which is really cool. And, to that point, you and Ben in postgame acknowledged how fantastic Liam Castellanos, Nick's son, is running around. He was he was high-fiving everybody. He was psyched to be up with uh, Lorenzen's family. It was so cool to see um, uh, Liam's uh, reaction because it, it really does become like this family thing. When you're when you're watching Nick Castellanos do this for his son while his son's there, and then uh, uh, you know Lorenzen's family's there, and, and Weston Wilson's family's there, all of that, to me, makes this team that much more lovable. Uh, yeah, completely agree, Nick. And, and also, that's the beauty
13: of baseball. It, 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 I said this at the beginning. It's a family game. It, it, it's passed down over the generations. And, and when you when you see Michael Lorenzen's family, his mom, his wife, his daughter, you see them there, you see uh, uh, Weston Wilsons. By the way, Weston Wilson, isn't he a senator? It sounds like... <laughs> <For> <laughs>
8: senator, yeah.
13: senator Weston Wilson convened the committee <laughs> and then hit a home run in his first
8: at bat. The uh, Barcan
4: he, proclamation wasn't acted today. Exactly.
13: <laughs> as it should be. Um, <laughs> so... so. Yeah, and with Liam Cast- uh, Liam Castellanos. So I'm um, I'm seeing this video for the first time, and I'm like, okay, there's Michael Lorenzen's mo- Lorenzo's mom, there's his wife, there's his daughter, and there's Liam Castellanos. <laughs> <laughs> How did he get up there? She's sitting in the nosebleed, um, and then all of a sudden he's back down. No, she wasn't, by the way. But then all of a sudden he's back down behind home plate. I thought it's really cool, and I love. um the bond that he has with his dad, the love that they obviously share. Um, w- when his dad's walking to the plate, how he's giving these little hand gestures, like "I want <laughs> you to do this, that, this, and the third, You know, and and then he, when he hits the home run, how how uh, both home runs, how excited he is, and and it, it's it's just a wonderful thing to watch. It's beautiful. I love it. I love it. And it is it is the that's that's what the Phillies do. They've yeah. always been about. It family
3: I uh, I do feel a little bit bad uh, for Weston Wilson that his yes. shining moment was overshadowed uh-huh. by an amazing moment you yeah.
9: know yeah
13: what shining moment <laughs>
8: <laughs> no well,
13: you know what uh, I think I don't know if that's the case press I don't be only because only because that the footnote also becomes part of the headline because sure. It, we, we will, we will forever be saying, you remember that Michael Lorenzo's no hitter in the first. Oh, oh, yeah. And, and Weston Wilson yeah. had a home run in his first <laughs> at-bat. You know, so so I think everybody will remember both of those. And Castellanos had two home runs and got his 200th home run. Yeah. I think I think everyone's going to remember all three of those. Uh, and, and it will be the answer to a tribute question. Yeah, i not
3: sure. sure. Yeah. By well, the way, there's a text know. that came in and said, did you see the picture of the guy sitting in front of Weston's family with wearing a T-shirt that just said F U on it?
4: Yes. yes. I did no. I it's, that. it's in the video. Yeah. If you, oh my God. if you run it again, it's, it says F U, and then the camera sort of moves up just a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh my, my God.
5: God. Oh just, what? Yes. Yes. Why would I you wear me. that out, you idiot?
11: It's, it's <sighs> yeah. art.
5: Yeah. It's not. It's, it's, it's fashion. It's, it's stupid, is what it's, it
4: is. I, I think it says F-yo.
11: Uh, I think this is you, oh, and then yeah. there's like a line through it, and there's something else oh, okay. on your shirt. That's classy. Okay, right.
8: so
4: after okay. after the the no hitter, then uh, Michael, you you left, but then they they exhumed Jimmy Hoffa's body
13: from under. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's the
4: <laughs> second <laughs> base, yeah. yeah. Of the story, and they yeah,
13: finally was- found his body. Yeah. Right. We thought we had thought it was up at Giant Stadium, but it turned out. Yeah. Who knew? Nobody would have thought to look at a
6: stadium that didn't exist. No, yeah. Yeah. Michael, one thing thing that happened after the game, and you and Ben pointed it out, and I had never seen this before, but I guess it's become a bit of a tradition, is that they literally dug the rubber out of the mound uh, to save for, I don't know if it's going to the Hall of Fame or if it's going to be in Michael Lorenzen's home or whatever, but that was a pretty cool um, thing to watch happen as well.
13: Yeah, I think that's what Steve was just referring to, and it happened originally. <laughs> and that's where they <laughs> found Jimmy Hoffa. <laughs> well, I know they took his, his shoes
3: are going to Cooperstown. Yeah, Jimmy yes, Hoffa's
4: shoes are- No, not no. Jimmy Hoffa's shoes.
3: <laughs> oh, we don't know.
13: Jimmy Hoffa's shoes are going to Cooperstown. That guy could rake. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't I don't know that the that the pitching rubber is going to Cooperstown. Um, but but I. I think it might be going to Lorenzen, but I remember in 2008 that that Jamie Moyer, after the Phillies won the World Series, he dug up. I think he did it himself. He dug up Uh, the pitching rubber, and I don't recall it ever happening before. And he threw that thing over his shoulder. This is mine. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. new damn rubber. Right. It yeah. Was, it, was, it was cool. Uh,
4: th- that's part of the tradition you talk about and part of the familial thing and the stuff that everyone, a spectator, no matter what your level of fascination with the sport, I think everyone loves seeing stuff like that.
13: Absolutely. And I, re- Steve, I remember, uh, you know, at, at uh, 10 years old, East Brunswick Little League. I dug up the pitching rubber when I, I pitched a three-hitter. and I, I, A three-hitter.
4: Yeah, and that's when they found <laughs> Amelia Earhart. she
13: <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. We thought she oh was, was off the coast. Yeah, no, no. near no. no. Little League field. Right there right there by mr pizza oh yeah <laughs> wow um well
3: yeah. uh we, we just have we wanted to get your take on things but we're actually going to talk to to john Crook in a little while we're going to talk mullets with him
13: uh, oh, i think that's perfect he wait. is is he doing a great job I, I i said to him and and i was i was not kidding um there is an art uh, to, to calling a game of, of that magnitude. And, and um, he, they, they both did such a great job, Tom and, and John. And uh, they, they make it fun. They, they certainly make it informative. They give you all the strategy. And, and it was great. Look he, look, he was on a team with Tommy Green. Uh, Tommy Green threw a no-hitter uh, in Montreal and i think that was like 90 or 90, 1990 1991 he walked seven uh batters but but wow he didn't allow a hit and uh so he was john was on that team that was that was really cool, cool moment goes. So. Tell him I said hello. We you definitely know. will. All right, you my man. Tell him
8: I'll
3: talk to him tonight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. uh, well, listen. Thank you for getting up early, brother. We appreciate it, and uh, always love to hear your take on uh, exciting stuff like this, man. It's awesome.
4: Thank you. Always love talking to all of you. We absolutely appreciate
13: it.
4: Will they send you your new AirPods?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Michael Marques. <laughs> <laughs> on the Preston and Steve show. That's so cool that that all happened last night and the season's not over. There's more magical things that could happen.
4: It's one of those things and it's the nature of sports like this at this level is that nothing's planned. You know, Mm -hmm. they go to play the game and you don't know what night is going to be uh, stuff for the history books. Yeah. you know. And there's so many games. So many. You you just never
3: know when that thing is going to happen. But
5: when you can experience something really cool at a game like I remember being at uh, a game where Rollins hit an inside the park home run, um, you know, was, and I was there with my dad, yeah, you know, like stuff like that. And now, uh, we took my dad to see the Phils play at Fenway years ago, and I watched the guy hit his very first home run and his very first major league at bat. Unfortunately, he played for the Red Sox at the yeah. time. Yeah, uh, it's still uh, yeah, oh, pretty awesome. Place yeah. go crazy. The place went crazy. Yeah, yeah. 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 I think it. it was a
3: grand slam. too. Oh my god. Uh huh. That's insane. Yeah. All right. Well, listen. Like I said, yeah, we are going to talk John Craw in a little while, uh, but we'll we'll have a little sorbet. By talking about UFOs, yes. in between baseball <laughs> chat, uh, as we have a guy named Ron James who has this uh, documentary out, and uh, this supposedly indicates that uh,
4: aliens are here. There's a lot of stuff, you know. They've been up uh, on Capitol Hill, yeah, right? Yeah. So we'll talk to him when we
15: return. Stay with us. drunk text your ex text mmr instead at 39333 just don't ask us hey you up because nah we're good
7: preston and steve their name is their address uh, on on the web preston football's
0: back and this eagle season there are huge prizes to be won at acme
3: Window Nation. You feeling the heat? Mm, Are you? High temps aren't the only thing that are getting you hot under the collar. Wait till you see those energy bills. The solution? Call my friends at Window Nation for new energy efficient windows. And right now you get 50% off any style window. Bows, bays, double hung, sliders. 50% off. Plus zero down, zero payments and 0% interest for 24 months. And this week only, you can receive an additional 10% off. 866-90NATION or go to windownation.com and tell them we sent you we are going to get our next guest on in just a moment. I'm actually seeing the hotline uh, nice. light up right now, which means he is reaching out to us here in a second. Then after we talk to this guest a little later on, we're going to have uh, we're going to go right into John Crock, yes, and continue the conversation about uh, baseball. But we're adding an extra topic in there, in that mullets will be a part of that conversation, <laughs> too. which he can certainly speak with authority. One of the greatest ever, yes. Uh, but our guest is on now. He's the director of media relations for the Mutual UFO Network. There's a new documentary. It is called Accidental Truth, UFO Revelations, and uh, Matthew Modine is the narrator, and you can find it available on uh, YouTube, Prime Video, and iTunes. You can rent it. Uh, Please welcome Ron James to our show this morning. Ron, good morning. Hey, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right, Ron. I'm going to dive right into this. Uh, your your documentary um, indicates that, or argues rather, that there are indeed uh, we have had contact with advanced extraterrestrial intelligence. This is this is uh, this is what this uh, this uh, all uh, examines, and and you believe that we indeed have had this happen here on the planet.
9: Yes, I, I believe that the uh, information that David Grush... Uh, presented to Congress recently is all based on truth, and we actually outlined the evidence for it in our film. Okay,
4: you know it, it's it's fascinating, uh, Ron, because over the past couple of years, and you know, we, we I think one of the first real sort of cold splashes of water to a lot of people was seeing that Navy footage of the famous sort of I guess Tic Tac or whatever it was. Um, you know, they, and these are you know, accomplished naval pilots with many uh, years of experience flying. And this footage came out that showed these... Just absolutely improbable vehicles flying, or whatever they are, and, and again we don't know for sure at, at incredible rates of speed. And then suddenly you started to hear the loosening of people in government, and, and and you know saying, "Well, there's this, and we're not quite sure about that, and there's the potential for this." And you even started to hear things about um, you know non-terrestrial biologics and 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 that all that stuff. And that all culminated with this uh, this hearing, you know, before Congress. Um, it, it's um, I think a lot of people are, are saying, "Okay, where do we stand? Is are you is is the broad acceptance that somewhere there is some technology that is being kept under wraps by uh, our government and other governments around the world?" And again, do you believe there is biologic matter that is not of this Earth of extraterrestrials somewhere on this Earth right now?
9: Absolutely. Um- the film "Accidental Truth" actually lays this case out in, in detail and presents actual evidence uh, in the form of, of paper trails from the government and eyewitnesses. Uh, when David Grush came out and, and said what he said, all it does is confirm a story that the people that are dedicated to this topic. Do we lose? Um, and they and they and they've understood this for years and years, so it's finally a certain amount of vindication to the community uh of what you might call ufologists mm. but also uh it's it's a dawn of a new understanding for humanity and uh you know I'd say it's not about tinfoil hats and, and people uh thinking that the impossible is true is the impossible is true
3: um i just to preface this i i firmly believe in intelligent life elsewhere in the universe i think that is uh the numbers uh, align with the fact that the the probability that that is indeed the case i personally think that it is uh, the the uh the distances are too vast and the, the likelihood of actually having visitors here is so slim that it's less than likely that it would be however i would be thrilled to find out that actually there is confirmation and that contact has been made. It would be insanely exciting to me, but I have a hard time believing some of this stuff. Now, I haven't seen your film yet, so I I need to still check that out, Um, but once again, it seems that um, uh, Major uh, Grush, who you referred to, is still secondhand saying that people told him they saw these things, and that just doesn't seem concrete enough to me and i also am curious as to if there is indeed really this contact that's been made why would it be kept a secret
9: oh wow uh, there's a lot to unpack there. yeah i'm sorry to load all that on you man First, let's talk about the distances in space. Uh, Einstein's theory of relativity and, and modern understanding of physics allows for what we call traversable wormholes and, and the ability to actually bend space-time and to compress these distances through technology. So it is not a stretch to believe. And people that say, oh, they're too far away, they can't possibly get here, um, they they are on the wrong side of modern science. Uh, we, we know that it is possible to traverse these large distances. We have the, uh, the theory of relativity. We have non-locality, which proves that these type of things actually can occur. And even uh, on mainstream television now, they're talking about traversable wormholes on and Walker Ranch. In Accidental Truth, we present the fact that the government was studying a thing called traversable wormholes as far back as the 50s. So the distance is not an issue, and that's just even assuming that they're from another planet. That's not even thinking about what other places they might be from, interdimensional, time travel living on the pot here. Um, as far as why the government's kept it a secret, there's a lot of reasons. You know, if you if you think about uh, a government coming out of World War II, blindsided by some sudden encounter with extraterrestrial craft, uh, and then assigning a group of people to decide what to do with the information, it's not a stretch to think that they would decide that it needs to be kept a secret. Um, And then that secret got kind of out of control over over years and years and years to the point where they just can't do anything except keep on lying. And now they find themselves in a situation where they're going to have to reveal the truth. but They've got to come. For all of the decades of deception, you know what happens. So
4: it, 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 what goes with, with this whole the, the the timeline, Ron, is that I've I've been uh, I don't know, and then uh, maybe, and then I don't know. And it in a way that's kind of interesting and enjoyable. To to uh, I agree with Preston. It would be so cool to know. Yes, you know, hopefully non, um, you know, without any animosity towards yes. us as a, as, a, as a species. But you know, there there have been a number of very credible, compelling people coming forward. And not everyone's saying that it's E.T. or that whatever, but they're saying there is a lot of stuff, a lot of footage, a lot of information that has not been made available to the general public. I mean, I just recently saw this, this footage. It's in, Apparently, it's it's from the Pentagon. It was released. that shows a craft literally flying into the water and then flying out of the water again. And no one knows what the hell it, that is. So just on that basis alone of these things that have been recorded by military uh recording equipment that alone is enough to have people's heads spinning because we can't unless we believe that there is uh, you know one of the countries on this planet has developed like wakanda has developed this kind of technology that alone is enough to fuel uh, a lot of this um of this talk correct
9: Yeah, absolutely. And the idea that it's some other government, uh, Russia, China, is actually really not holding a lot of water because we're dealing with the technology that has been witnessed going all the way back to World War II, doing a lot of the same things. And so the idea that there might be some advanced technology that's broken through in the recent past, that's a possibility. But the idea that we had it 40, 50 years ago, 100 years ago, 75 years ago, highly unlikely.
4: If there's a there's a story that was in the Daily Mail today about that. It says the UFO whistleblower. You talk about David Grush, um, and he's saying that the government is trying to leak his medical records. This is what he's claiming. This hasn't been verified in an effort to smear his credibility. And a number of the people that were speaking, um, you know, uh, uh, you know, in front of Congress, um, they they said they suggested that they had, too had been um, threatened and um and uh, they attempted to coerce them do you put stock in that is there is the level of coercion is there a level of coercion and how extensive is it
9: it's pretty bad um you know i i recently in fact yesterday got off the phone with another uh witness who wants to come forward who was saying that he was flying uh, f104s back in the day and was assigned to a certain, uh, very elite group of people that was uh Basically, their job was to intercept UFOs, and that he had numerous encounters, including having to eject from his from his airplane because a UFO disabled all the electronics. Uh, this guy, his story is that when he started talking about it and he started trying to tell people about it, somebody dropped a, a CD-ROM. In his mailbox, and when he opened it up to look what was on it, it was a videotape of his grandchildren playing in a park, Mm. which is absolutely freaky. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, it's a, a total indirect threat this guy and and what we're hearing from people and and is that yes the threat is real the uh people are still willing to kill to protect this secret and it's going to take uh just the concerted effort of a lot of people to get this into the mainstream and protect these people that want to come forward and there are a lot of people we, we're up to about 700 witnesses that i know of personally. That do want to come forward and talk about this stuff, uh, but they're being hampered by not the law, because the law is, is allowing for them to come forward at this point, but they're being hampered by the clandestine threats. All right.
11: Ron, have you ever had a dialogue with uh, Tom DeLong from Blink-182?
9: Absolutely. I know
5: Tom. Yeah, because he is a a huge follower and believer in all of this stuff, and he has done his research. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I don't necessarily know how to ask this question, but, you know, is he respected in your field?
9: Well, you know, Tom's story is very interesting. We cover it in in Accidental Truth. Um, Tom was in a UFO aficionado, uh, kind of a guy just like all the other UFO investigators out there in the world that have spent time trying to figure out the topic. Uh, and and uh, when uh, twenty seventeen, uh, Lou Elizondo came forward admitting to running the the secret UFO programs. Tom's organization Two to Stars Academy was basically already assembled, waiting in the wings to to assume a role, moving forward. Yeah, and that did not turn out really like everybody had planned. But um, Tom is is a very respected person, and he's a he's a, a real deal civilian guy that that went to Washington and went to the different powers that be and started digging and got some information. I think and so. I-
4: yeah, he's. I think he's like many people, and I think regardless of your level of of, of uh, credence that you're putting into into all of this, I think there's a lot more uh, information that's available now that is making people reexamine. Obviously, your film will go, uh, uh, you know, a long way to helping people make their own uh, conclusions about this. But it's it's an interesting time to see all of this stuff sort of dovetailing in on each other, all these different stories, and we'll see how it plays out.
9: Absolutely. I think that this is a new dawn of human understanding, and uh, however the knowledge gets into the the mainstream, uh, we don't really know how that's going to work, but we do know that that knowledge is there and Uh, that people need to understand that it's real.
3: Okay. Thank you, Ron. Accidental Truth, UFO Revelations, uh, now available to rent on YouTube, Prime Video, and iTunes. We appreciate you checking in, Ron.
9: Hey, thanks a lot, and I, I encourage everybody to watch the film.
3: Excellent. All right, thank you, Ron James. Everybody, Yay! the director of media relations for the Mutual UFO Network. And like you said, Steve, you're just gonna have to you gotta
4: make your own make your own conclusions. On that, I mean, you know, you can take it on any level you want. The thing I find most interesting, as I said before, is this footage of these these various aircraft, you know, that defy. Yeah. Aerodynamic sense buzzing along, and you have pilots estimating speed that is anything by factors of five, six, seven, eight, ten times faster than anything we have to the best of our knowledge. It's amazing. So it's, you think they're here? I don't know. <laughs> I know. I don't I know, know crazy, but I know not. there's. Yeah, I was telling you, President, I found that a, uh, uh, um, a YouTube hole about our solar system and the planets, and yeah. I watched Neptune last night <laughs> and what we used to think. <laughs> About these various planets. Oh, it couldn't be that case. Turns out, yeah, it is that case. Almost a number of times in direct contradiction. Things they thought about Neptune for the longest time. They're now finding, oh, okay, maybe that is the case. So you never know. I'm with you, though. I just hope they're friendly. Yeah. yeah. I don't. I, I think of that To Serve Man episode <laughs> of Twilight Zone. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that. All right. Well, we're going to, my God, are we
3: going to switch gears <laughs> yeah. now? We're going to go in a completely different direction. <laughs> Uh, we already. Spoke- what if
4: aliens have mullets?
3: We spoke to Michael Barkan earlier about uh, all the activity at the ballpark last night because so many amazing things happened. But yes, we haven't even touched on the mullet angle. This offense. is very important. Uh, Cheddarwiz, the kid Rory, who is uh, <laughs> attempting to have the or to win the crown of uh, mullet champion, six years old. He's an awesome, great. kid. He was here in our studio uh, and took inspiration from our next guest, and we can talk to him about baseball and mullets and whatever. <laughs> I am sure. Please welcome the one and only John to the show. John, good morning. Hey, how y'all doing? Good. Barkan says hi, by the way. I wanted to get that out of the way.
10: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I guess I appreciate that. Uh, I uh, guess I uh, appreciate uh, that. that. He was speaking glowingly of uh, your work. Your work, yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, I, I I love messing with him. I, I, I enjoy what <laughs> they do. Him and Ricky, Ben, Ruben, whoever's over there, but uh you know, I, I give Michael a hard time about not wanting to talk to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Well, listen, man, it was uh, we'll get to the mullet thing in a minute. But uh, how exciting for you personally last night watching all those things happen, the no hitter, the first uh, home run in, in, a, in a, uh, a national league you know, or in, in, a, in a major league debut. And Cassiano's hitting his uh, 200. That's that's just a, that's a game right there, man.
10: Yeah, it was. I mean, it was so much stuff wrapped up in one. Uh, I, I, uh, when I was at ESPN, I, I called a no hitter. Uh, well, called. I Dan Shulman called it. I didn't call it. I just kind of talked about it. Uh, it. In Jake Arrieta, when he's with the Cubs uh, against the Dodgers, he threw a no hitter, and I thought that was the coolest thing. And and but last night, my god. Yeah. You know, to to watch a kid's first hit bat, 28 years old, uh, parents, family, you know, everyone in the stands, he hits a home run. We show the dad, the dad's crying. Uh, You know, T-Mac and I got emotional up there just with that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, because he put in so much time to try to get to the big leagues and, you know, the the perseverance, because a lot of guys after a while would say, you know, it just ain't going to work out. I'm done. I'm going to go get a real job. Yeah. It was just amazing. And then, you know, Nick hits the two home runs, and then the whole process, like the fifth inning, during a commercial, T-Mac looked at me, and he goes, he has a no-hitter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, holy. I'm like, holy crap, with everything else that's going on, how are we going to do this? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh... Uh, but you know, I, I was happy that they left him out there, and I think the only reason why Michael Lorenzo was allowed to finish that game is because they have a six-man rotation now. Uh-huh. Two two off days coming up on Monday, Thursday, and um, you know, I I, I know that they, they can skip him and or not skip him, but give him a couple extra days rest to, to recover. But oh my God, it was so unbelievable first start as of in Philly. Yeah, Michael Lorenzen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's unbelievable,
3: John. You would you know better. Casey asked um, uh, Barkan this question, but at how much say does a guy like Lorenzen have when they're thinking about pulling him out because his pitch count is getting too high? When when he can say, "Look, uh, I really want this." I mean, do, do, how much say does a player have, and does it depend on at what point in career
10: in their career they're in? Yeah, I think I I think the fact that Michael's been around a while mm-hmm. uh, played into it, um, and you know I think from the seventh inning on, every time he come off the mound. Um, uh, Rob, Rob Thompson was, was immediately meeting him at the steps going down to the dugout. And, and, you know, we saw Michael every time. He, he's like, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they had uh, Dylan Kobe in the ninth inning warming up just in case if they got a hit in the ninth inning, he was out. Yeah. And, um, but I think you have to trust Michael. I, if, I mean, it, I, I think the, the the worst thing I've seen with him in the two starts is he's he does he wears sleeves. If you ever seen this human being, he's massive. yeah I mean he's a strong guy, and I'm sure that played a lot into it. You know, he talked about recovery to us after the game and how he felt great. He said it really wasn't that hot out there, so I I recovered between innings. It was just it was just. Uh, you know, an a, a historic night in so many different ways that, you know, I, I, TMAC texted me right after I got home. And uh, you know, he said, "Can you believe what we just witnessed today and 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 everything that went on in tonight's game?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, absolutely crazy that we got to be a part of that."
6: Yeah, yeah John. I mean, it, you know, just from a fan's perspective, it was a magical night. And I, I was watching it from home. I was so uh, grateful to be watching it with you and T Mac in the booth. The fact that it was in Philadelphia, you guys had Ryan Howard in the booth with you earlier in the night with some new chicken sandwiches and stuff. Like it, was, <laughs> it was one cool thing after another. Um, and and uh, our buddy John Brasher texted me he said uh he reminded me that you were on the field when uh, tommy green threw a no hitter i think in 90 or 91 uh so if you can compare and contrast the difference between being on the field as a teammate versus being um in the broadcast booth uh
10: it, well it, it I, I was there playing first base and uh, i was in left field with tommy through his in montreal but i was at first base with terry moho and uh, through his no hitter, also, so uh, it, it's nerve wracking when you're playing because you don't want to be that guy that yeah. gets a bad jump on a grounder, gets a bad jump on a fly ball. Yeah, uh, but you know, but you felt like when you're in the game, you had a chance to to help create history. Mm. When you're in the booth, you have no say so like they're not hitting you any balls up there they're not you know uh, so just watching as the game progressed uh and and you know you try not to change anything so you know everyone says you know oh man you got to get your scorecard that you kept that night get it signed by Michael and and all with Ryan Howard coming in and all the food they brought up, there, I made it through two innings at my scorecard and I'm just like, screw it, he has a no-hitter.
4: <laughs> well, well, let me ask you to that point, John, because we we were talking earlier about, uh, you know, the, the 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 lore and the superstition about the, how you acknowledge that it looks like you're on track for this. I mean, do you play any mental gymnastics as it's going on about how you're going to slowly acknowledge this?
10: Well, I I didn't acknowledge T Mac when he brought it up on the air. He said, you know, he said something about like in the fifth or sixth inning. He said, you know, something to the effect of, you know, we, you know, let's just hope that, uh, you know, we have still have something special going on. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and, and you know, I tried to ignore it, but uh, you know, because. Uh, People think that we have control over <laughs> what happens on the field. We don't. I, I mean, let's be honest. We don't. Yeah. If I had those kind of powers, I'd have won the damn lottery. <laughs>
11: <laughs> <laughs> did you check your tickets yet, Craig? Uh.
10: Di- I did not. I forgot. You said you were going to. Uh, I'm going to today, though. I'm going to stop at the store I got out today and check and Maybe I won a dollar uh, <laughs> <laughs> Because T-Mac... <laughs> T Mac still owes me two dollars. There you go. The last time we last time we went in on the uh, lottery ticket, so I didn't go on with him this time. But if I won, I wasn't sharing.
4: <laughs> no reason to.
10: No, he said he, he. What am I going to do? Give him a couple million, and he owes me two bucks. <laughs> but, uh, but no, I, you know, I, 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 I am so happy. Uh, for, for everything that happened last night, but I'm so happy for Tom. I mean, he's yeah. called no hitters before and, but I mean, he's, he's so dang good and he's so dang easy to work with. And, and, uh, you know, uh, you know, he's like a father figure to me, even though I'm like seven years older now. <laughs> <laughs> he has to tell me what shirt to wear and, you know, what, what you know, uh, cause I, I mean, I, I, I'm I'm rendered useless at this point in my life. We're right? trying <laughs> to try remember all that stuff that uh, I have to remember, but yeah. So second inning, I'm looking at my scorecard. I'm like, man, I missed like two or three
8: innings.
10: <laughs> and I, and normally I look at his scorecard and and like try to catch up, but. It was like three innings later. I'm like, mm-hmm. why should I start now? You know? Yeah. Seriously.
5: Why <laughs> ruin it? Hey Crocker, I want to ask uh because uh you know uh Weston had his uh, debut home run last night, do you recall uh when and where you had your first major league home run and who it was off?
10: Yeah. I uh um uh hit in Wrigley <laughs> Uh, oh wow! My first home run Wrigley Field off Hall of Famer Dennis Eckersley. What no way?
8: That's
5: wow. pretty. That's pretty wow. good. Wow. Uh,
10: yeah. Do you remember wow. which number game you were in? Oh no, God no! no? I, I don't. I don't even remember what my first hit, what game number that was. Okay. I, just, I mean, my gosh, I don't even remember a whole lot about. It. <laughs> yesterday prior to the the game (laughs) you know you're
4: owed two dollars
5: though
10: yeah
4: but honestly (laughs) i mean
5: wrigley field dennis eckersley i mean that's that's two uh components to a a home run that uh, i mean just unforgettable
10: yeah yeah it was pretty neat and uh it it was funny because like when i was with espn they had they used to have espn the weekend down at disney in orlando Mm -hmm. and i remember sitting there watching uh, the fireworks my son was young my daughter was young and and uh you know we were sitting there watching and, and you know lo and behold there's Dennis Eckersley standing beside us so I talked to him you know I, I've, I've known Dennis for a while and, and i and he tells my son now quote and I'm not going to say the word but, <laughs> all right uh my son was probably eight <laughs> Nine years old, maybe, and he looked at him. He goes, he goes, yeah, your 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 effing dad hit a Hit a effing bomb off of me
3: for his first effing home <laughs> run. <ride. laughs> Triple F bomb
10: <laughs> to an eight year old. That's great. Yeah, yeah. So then I figured, well, shoot, he's already heard that word. I'm <laughs> uh, free John- to use it now in the house whenever I need to.
6: <laughs> John, you mentioned uh, ESPN a couple of times, and and I just got to say, as a Phils fan, as a lifelong Phils fan, um, uh, we're really grateful that you um, work here now. You know, and and I know you could probably do a national broadcast anywhere, but. Uh, the Philly connection to you is is um, really palpable and important to Phillies fans, and uh, and not least of which because we get to have connections like this and with our buddy Rory, who is uh, you know in this Mullet Championship, and and none of that would happen if you had stayed with the national broadcast. So thanks for coming back to Philly and being part of the Phillies broadcast team. Well, I
10: will tell you what, I I and I've told players on this team um, last year was was a magical run for them. Yeah. And you, you you pull for them so hard because they're so great guys. And, you know, Dave Dombrowski's done an unbelievable job of bringing players, Philadelphia-type players, to Philadelphia to play. It's hard. It, it's very hard playing in, in Philadelphia. It's hard playing in New York. It's hard playing in Boston. Um, but, man, once you do it and you get a piece of what these – this fan base is all about, uh, you know, I mean, Michael Lorenzen said it last night. It's his first start in Philadelphia. And he said, you know, the fans helped me. The fans helped me will me into, uh, you know, later in the innings. Uh, you know, I needed that support from them. And it, it just every player says that. And that's what I love about this team. They get it what it's like to play in this city. They understand it, and and it just it just this is like my favorite team that I've covered. Ah, it's uh, great with the Phillies in what seven years I think I've been back and. This is the great, the best team I've covered because they, they 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 have a bunch of Philadelphia type players. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah, Barkan was saying he's, when he was talking about you, he's saying, and he was, I guess paraphrasing you, saying that that he, that he uh, that you were sort of pitying, you know, players who who bypassed Philly for fear of the you know the rough fans and or whatever because they will never know what you're just describing now that energy that that stuff that just comes with playing in this city.
10: Yeah, I think there's guys that regret it. Yeah, that, that, yeah. You know, and, well, you know, Trey Turner, Matt Strom, they, they said when they signed with the Phillies, we saw the postseason last year. We saw the magical run that they went on. But they said we saw the fan base and the passion that these players, have, they, these fans have. And they... Wanted to be a part of it, and Michael Lorenzen is another perfect fit for Philadelphia. It's just, it's just amazing how um, you know these guys have have bought into what the Philadelphia fans are all about, and they understand it. And They understand they're going to get booed if they do something wrong, <laughs> but they also know that. These fans are going to have their back through thick and thin and, and right now it's, uh, getting really thick with this playoff race and the fact that they're, uh, you know, right now they're going to be playing in the postseason again next, this, this October and it's, it's just. It's great. I love it for the fan base. And Ryan Howard even said it reminded him of their run in you know, two thousand seven, eight, nine, ten. You know, that great run that they had with all those great players. And uh, you know, they understand it. They they and Ryan said this ballpark right now reminds him with all the fans how passionate it is and how loud it is. Uh, you know, he said it reminded him of those years.
3: Uh, Kruk, during this interview, we're getting a bunch of text messages that are saying, uh, John Crook was my favorite player when I was a kid. And, uh, but you also have a current kid who is a big <laughs> fan of yours. And he met you the other day. This is, uh, Rory Cheddarwiz, the kid with the mullet. Uh, and he is in the running for, uh, to be the champion of mullets in the United States. Uh, you got a chance to meet him, didn't you?
10: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. It, it... I, I am so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, it, it was it was special. Now, a couple of years ago, I had my hair growing long. Uh-huh. And, you know, I thought, you know, maybe I'll do it again. Maybe I'll work the mullet <laughs> for a little bit part of the season here just to see, yeah. you know, how that plays out. And uh, but then my daughter had her senior night, and she said, you know, Please tell me you're getting a haircut. Uh, Yeah. You're not not walking me out on the court for senior night Uh. with that hair. And I'm like, oh, crap, man. I got to get a dang haircut. Uh. I got a haircut. But you're a good dad. Well, but, well, yeah, that's debatable. But, <laughs> um, but I, I, you know, after seeing Rory the other day, I'm like, you know what? What the hell? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, I that ain't gonna style. get a haircut because she, she ain't gonna have senior night again for four more years. So yeah. if I can get this thing working in four years, man, oh, that'd be sensational. I might not cut my hair again? Yeah. So but, you know, I, I got yeah. instructions from Alec Baum. He said, "Listen." He said, "He said you got to grow it out." Mm-hmm. He said, "You have got to get through that stage, yes. where it bothers you when it starts hitting your ear." He yeah. said, "You got to get through. It. You got to get over that." <laughs> like he's giving me instruction on how to grow my hair. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that was the greatest thing because we didn't talk baseball. We talked about how, you know that 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 initial when it starts hitting your ear, which we both hated. <laughs> yeah. And you have, he said, you have to just fight through it. Like, on,
6: yeah. on how to I'm cultivate like, a mullet. That's hilarious. Yeah. 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 I love it. John, uh, after Rory's visit the other day, you tweeted out, um, vote for my new best friend for that awesome mullet. And I, I spoke to Rory's mom, Aaron, after you tweeted that. Uh, Rory for- firmly believes you guys are now best friends. So <laughs> uh, he's been telling all his buddies um, that his best friend is John Crock. And so I just want you to know that Rory really <laughs> loves spending some time with you. Well, yeah,
10: they said that he watched, like, like uh, videos of us, like, Highlights or whatever, or YouTube or whatever of '93, and I had the long mullet and you know whatever. And, and listen, I didn't want to grow a mullet, but it just kind of happened. And, and then and then as it was getting longer, and we started winning games and and everything. Like Dave Hollins, who's like a brother to me, and I love him like a brother. Uh he told me once, he, he grabbed my hair. He used to rub the back of my hair before <laughs> games and stuff. <laughs> and he was rubbing my hair and he said, he said, you realize you better never get this cut until the season's over. And yeah. Was, uh, and, and you know, he, he, he had multiple personalities and, uh, <laughs> he was a great and, bunch and, of guys. <laughs> and the one who said that, that, that particular Person that came out of his mouth at that time was um, um, scared the hell out of me, and so I'm like, well, I can't get a damn cut. You know, it's, you know, it's, I can't get this thing cut now. So, but I, you know, he watched rory watched videos, I guess, and I guess that kind of inspired him as he was moving on in this in this uh, mullet contest, but I tell you what, man, I, I mean, he had it perfect. I oh. mean, it was absolutely perfect. And, you know, he had the. uh, Kind of spiky up top, real thin on the sides, and then the length in the back was just magical. I mean, I, I hope and pray that he wins. And, oh, he, you know, he, look! If, if he thinks me, he and I are best friends, and I'm in. I'm in. Uh, <laughs> I love it, man,
6: it's it's adorable.
10: Yeah, my, kids, my kids tell me I don't have any friends, and uh, you know they say, "How can you go through life with no friends?" I said, "Because then that means I don't have to deal with people." <laughs> but, um,
4: but you're making uh, exception here.
10: I will make an exception for a six-year-old.
4: Yeah,
6: yeah. well, I mean, speaking of Dave Hollins and that 93 team, um, it is alumni weekend, which is really cool. A bunch of your former teammates from from that 93 team are coming in. A bunch of the uh, 83 fills are coming in as well. Um, so who else do you get to see this weekend besides Dave Hollins? Well, uh, pretty much, I, I know,
10: uh, let's see, uh, Dave Hollins, of course, coming. Pete Incavilla, M- Milt Thompson, who I see a lot. Uh, which I love seeing Milt, um uh Kurt Schillings coming in. Oh gosh, I can't remember. Uh, Jim Eisenreich will be here, I believe Danny Jackson. Wow. We're gonna have a good good group of guys, but you know, it, it it's uh, uh I used to love the reunion weekend. Uh and I and I love it when it, there's no celebration of whatever team, like our ninety three team. Just because there's too many gone now.
8: Yeah. You
10: know, it, 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 you know, it, it, it starts out, we can't wait to see each other. And after we see each other and we talk for a while about our lives and whatever, you know, that boring stuff, uh, you know, we have to get through that stage, but then it always comes back to, you know, all the guys that, that, that we lost. Uh, and, yes. Yeah. You know, it, it, it's kind of, it, it's fun. It's a fun weekend, but it's also a, a, a sad weekend too. I understand that. Well, you
4: know, those who pass would want, you guys to have a good time and and obviously it's listen we started this whole thing talking about you know last night secured a memory in people's minds that will be generational it'll be told to kids and it'll be told uh, and this is the nature of what you know the sport that was your vocation for so long uh, that's that's what it does it 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 gives families memories it gives all of this so uh yeah I mean you know i, I, I perfect it makes sense that you you're gonna miss the people that aren't there but but you're all part of something uh, a collective that has given people generational stories and good times that will last forever
10: yeah it's uh, that that's what that's what I love about b- being able to play here and you know i i I count my blessings every day uh, that I got traded to the Phillies just because of what, what all it's meant to me in my life playing here personally. But, yeah, it, it and it's just amazing. And so I feel that. Because I do games here, and I still, you know, work here. Uh, but when the guys come in, um, you know that that aren't aren't living in the Philadelphia area. You know, Danny Jackson, Dave. When they hear these, uh, uh, you know, just what people are telling us. Um, you know, when we get announced on the field, like we we still like pinch ourselves. But, like, can you believe that? You know, this our team has been passed down from gener, generation to generation. Um, you know, it, so many young kids that never saw us play, but they either watch the highlight tape or they watch you know youtube or whatever they watch anymore and they see what our team was about and that's what i think what was great with our team is like uh, uh you know even though we didn't win we were like like you said a generational type team because yeah. you know how many kids like to play like we did <laughs> yeah yeah just, just hell bent every day to, to you know goof off every every day there was mm-hmm. something always going on in there but man once about seven o five game starts. Once about six thirty hit. I mean, it was. It was like, on. The switch just got turned turned off, mm-hmm. and the joking and the, the <laughs> trash talking and the you know mfing each other and you know, everything like that. I mean, that went away, and then you know it was game time, and it was you know we went out there as twenty five guys to kick someone's ass every day, and we yeah. we got lucky enough that uh, you know we we did well.
3: That's yeah, awesome. absolutely. It's awesome. Great memories, and more memories are being made yes. now, and and you're a part of that as well, calling the game. So uh, it's awesome, John. Um, you guys are uh, you're working tonight, uh, six forty against the Nats again, and then uh, three game weekend series. So there's baseball in town. Go and go and get it, man. Yeah,
10: I, I don't I don't know how we're going to do it. I think we topped <laughs> last night. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Just hope it happens. Well, let's we'll see try. what happens. Yeah, yeah you, you never, never know. know. I mean, Son of a gun! I mean, I might have to go nine innings with my score sheet tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you don't uh, have to. Do that.
3: No. All right, John. Thanks for checking in, man. It's awesome to speak to you. We appreciate it.
10: Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. You got it, man. John Crocker oh, yeah! oh my god
3: love that
6: man the best You're Absolutely, best. you should see all our text messages coming through yeah. you know he, he had a job here at, yeah. at the radio station yeah. when I first started in the promotions department um, I think it was it was a beer I think it was Miller Lite hired him and Mitch Williams to go out on these appearances and one of my first gigs ever at the radio station I worked in the promotions department I got to hang out with John Crook. could not have been a nicer guy oh, wow. this was 2000 2001 something like that um, and I meant when I said earlier we're, we're lucky to have him in Philadelphia he gets it he knows what this team's about I think that this team um, mm-hmm. His special last last year's team was special too, but to have him in the booth calling these games make it, makes it even more special. Yeah, he's, he's, a, a no,
3: he's a no nonsense guy, yeah, man. And yeah. we
6: talked earlier when you were talking about
4: things and affirmations and appreciating what you have. And yeah. you just had a guy tell you how much he loves this city and loves you, the sports fan, yeah. and appreciates uh, you know what you provided him. And obviously, we appreciate what the team and he has provided us. Yep, it's very cool.
3: Absolutely. All right, we got to take a break. We're going to come back. The beat file is on the way, and all. Also, if you like hot sauce, yeah. we got something to tell you about when we return. Stay with us.
15: MMR welcomes Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band, August 16th and 18th at the ballpark. Baby, we Listen to Preston and Steve for your chance to win free tickets.
8: Even if we
15: And remember, when it comes to Bruce, there's no show like a Philly show. Don't miss out. Some tickets still remain at phillies.com slash springsteen. Bruce at the ballpark. And 93.3 WMMR. Everything that rocks.
2: Now, WMMR presents Preston and Steve's Bizarre final.
3: Brought to you by Three Ice, three-on-three three pro hockey. is championship weekend this Saturday at the Wells Fargo Center when Three Ice wraps up its second season. And you can visit threeice.com for a special $10 ticket offer. We're going to start with this. Colorado Parks and Wildlife and said that officers are searching for a black bear that bit a man's arm while he was relaxing in a hammock at a campground near Trinidad. Just climbed, uh, chomped down on his arm. Yep, the attack happened late Saturday Ooh, night. Don't mind if I do. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Get your sandwich. The, uh, the the headline where I got this, I get there's a great website called Fark.com, and people submit uh, these articles with these headlines, and it said, "Ooh, human burrito," <laughs> it's in, a, in a hammock. Uh-huh. So, uh, sure enough. Uh, um, apparently, the victim said that he heard a rustling noise while in the hammock and turned on his headlamp. It was at night, and he said he saw a dark-colored bear next to him. The bear then bit him on his upper right arm before turning and wandering off. Uh, the victim left the campground and went to a motel before calling an ambulance for treatment of his wound, uh, which appeared to be two- to three-inch bite. Uh, the man said that he had no food or other uh, attra- uh, attractants with him in the hammock that may have
4: lured the bear. That's pretty bizarre. They usually wouldn't do that.
3: Yeah, a trap was set at the campground. in case of bear came back and dogs were called in to initiate an, a hunt in the area. He,
4: say, he made a, a critical mistake, though. He fell asleep reading his salmon. Uh-oh. Oh, going yeah, going be careful. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Terrified villagers in a rural Peruvian district have claimed they have come under attack by seven-foot-tall aliens they have dubbed Los Palacaras or the Face Peelers. Oh, face Peelers. Yes. Sounds like a great band. Uh members of the We are
4: Face Peelers. Thank you.
3: Members of the Ikutu tribe have reported mysterious figures in dark colored hoods attacking the villagers who live in the rural district of East Lima, Peru. What
4: was the uh the gang
5: in uh, short circuit 2 case? Oh, those oh. locos. Yeah. What do they do? They kick, kick your ass, <laughs> they kick your balls into outer space. So they kick your ass. They I'm kick seeing the, a the connection face here. Yeah.
4: <laughs> outer
3: space is mentioned after one such text, 15-year-old girl had to be taken to the hospital. According to the community leader, uh, Hi- Jairo Davia, the teenager narrowly escaped, but as a result of the struggle, they cut part of her neck. And now, oh, according to local media, members of the community are conducting night patrols to protect women, children, and more vulnerable villagers who have called on authorities to send in the military.
4: The time has come to protect our village from the face pillars.
3: Uh, some community members say they can't sleep because they are in fear. Locals You gonna
4: sleep with face pillars around?
3: The extraterrestrials <laughs> is having large heads yellowish eyes <laughs> and said the mysterious figures are immune to their hunting weapons. Yellow eyes? Mm. Uh, they claim, I swear, I swear to God, I swear it's, God
4: it's, uh, it's like <laughs> we're being uh, attacked by uh, a million Scott <laughs> uh
3: They claim they have attacked him every night for... Uh, they have attacked them every night for nearly a month since July 11th. Uh, Davia says... That I
4: face painters, I double dare you! <laughs>
3: he had come face-to-face face with one of the so-called aliens. He said, we almost met face-to-face. Face. His face is hardly visible. I have seen his whole body floating at a height of one meter, he said, suggesting they had been hovering. Yeah, they use the metric system. <laughs> he said their shoes are round-shaped, which they use to float. Their heads are long, they wear a mask, and their eyes are yellowish, and they are experts at escaping. Uh, so some villagers describe the aliens as, b- as being like uh, pelicadas, strange beings from folklore that feast on human faces, fat, and organs. Wow, man. So that's what they say is happening. Okay. And they want the military sent in, so we'll see. Boston police spent much of Monday morning sifting through trash in a dumpster at the city's public works facility. Detectives are seen pulling out a big blue lid from a container. The DPW was dumping a pile of trash when the lid came off and a human arm fell out.
8: Oh, man.
3: (laughs) Sources say GPS on the city's truck traced the trash back to Bay Village, and that's where a citizen's complaint came in on Boston's 311 app showing a picture of a shopping cart with a blue bin inside. Well, in response, the DPW picked it up, and that's where a security camera caught footage of the crew making the grim discovery. Jeez. In the dumpster, detectives were also seen uh, pulling out a beige blanket or clothing and a hooded jacket. It is now in the hands of the state medical examiner to determine how that person died and who that person may be. Don't well.
4: look. It's a beige blanket. Wow.
3: Alright, and uh, let's see. Here's another interesting one. Uh, this one's out of Sweden. Uh, a hiker has described squalid conditions at a mountain station at the foot of Kebinoxia, Kemenak, uh, uh, or Keminakes. that's it, sorry, K- Kebinoxia, which is Sweden's highest peak, uh, in the days before it was forced to close due to a stomach bug outbreak. It's Swedish for Kevin Arnold. A lodge had to be evacuated after attempts to manage cases of stomach sickness throughout quarantine had failed. The mountain station said on Sunday that it was not known how the outbreak started. Wow. But Johanna Murray, a spokesperson person for the Swedish Tourist Association confirmed that a landslide had broken a pump station earlier in the summer, and since then the station had been providing portable toilets, which had to be airlifted regularly to be emptied. A Danish guest, Karina Jeez. Wilhelm, who stayed at the mountain station, said that she believed the outbreak had been caused by poor toilet facilities. She said there were three to 400 people up there, and you had to stand in line 30 minutes to an hour just to go to the bathroom. Oh, my God. And there was only one sink to wash hands. People would skip the hand washing because you had to stand in line for that, and the people were using that to brush their teeth. Uh, there were portable I toilets. I think Kathy would love this. She said that they were, they were <laughs> disgusting. And on Sunday, hikers formed long queues to be airlifted out by a helicopter because that many people were sick. Oh my god! Yeah, and they said diarrhea and stomach, uh, stomach issues. So uh, yeah.
4: Time for Matt Calper's mountain story. <laughs> This one's sick.
3: He's just trying to calm everybody <laughs> down and tell them stories and yeah. <laughs> Sixth story. And that is what I have in the bizarre file for you this morning. All right. Um you guys like hot sauce, Nick? I know you I do, I like yeah. Well, uh, I'm a fan of hot sauce. I don't like the crazy, crazy hot ones, but some people are
4: insane when it I comes I think I'm that. in your camp. I, I, I don't want it to override the taste of what I'm eating, yeah. but if you get a good, well-executed hot sauce, it can be wonderful.
3: Uh, Saturday and Sunday, August 19th and 20th, uh, we are happy to announce that the annual Philadelphia Hot Sauce Festival is taking place. And uh, we have a friend here to talk about it. He is known as Cast Iron Kyle. Hey! Kyle Sipe is with us. Hey,
14: Kyle. Hey, good morning, son Blurks. What's N- up? Nice to see you, man. <laughs> By
3: the way, uh, Kyle is one of those uh, super fan listeners. He is uh, comes out to all kinds of events. He's uh, a diehard Preston and Steve fan. Which we thank you for. Uh, very much so. And uh, the cast iron part is because he uh, buys and refurbishes and sells cast iron skillets. And, and the stuff f- is
14: great. Yeah, it's awesome. And business is good, right? Yeah, it's great. The pandemic had a big part of it because everybody was cooking at home. And, yeah. you know, it was pretty neat. Uh, but it's, it's what, about, what about you and Hot Sauce? What's the story? With that, so I partnered with uh, White House Sauce Company. Uh, They put on you know a lot of local shows, and uh, they said, "Hey, you want to join on and you know see if we can get some new brands and like kind of create a buzz about this." And uh, they asked me to be the judge for the Boston Hot Sauce Festival, which was great. Before I got Salmonella and had to leave, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we judge everything ahead of time, so it was (laughs) cool. Um, He goes, "Hey, you want to do one in Philly? They we they've never had a hot sauce festival in Philly. You want to try?" I was like, "Absolutely, let's do it." So uh, it's going to be at the the Canstatter Beer Garden on Academy Road. I don't know where that. I don't know. All right, it um, it's
4: nine, uh, nine one three, uh, 9130 Academy Road. Yeah, okay. right. German
14: food, German beer, along with twenty five brands of hot sauces. It's wow. gonna be awesome. Okay, so, so the
4: food, the, oh, the whole experience that, that that so that you can get, you get the hot sauce and its elements, and uh, so these are well attended. I mean, yes. I'm, I'm amazed at how. The hot sauce interest and phenomenon oh, has it's, grown. It's a
3: subculture, man. It is Absolutely. huge.
4: Like the same way you have wine aficionados, you have a an equal culture of hot sauce aficionados.
14: Yeah, and they, they asked me to put together a little judging staff for this year, and I actually brought on a sommelier. One of my buddies is a really, really—, really? good sommelier. Okay. And, you know, Johnson and Wales trained and all that. Oh, wow. And he can identify flavors that I don't even know mm-hmm. exist. All right. So, so. so,
3: judges, what um, what's the competition part of this?
14: So, they enter different uh, to win different awards. There's the Liberty Bell Award for, like, you know, the best overall sauce. I give out my own personal award for the sauce I think would we'll go best with, you know, something cooked in cast iron.
3: Right. So, so these are the 25 brands that are going to be competing in this? Oh, uh, they have
14: to submit their own. They, like, okay. pay to submit and then, you know, it covers the trophy cost and, you know, we're going to film it. We're doing of, you know, production on right. uh, the tastings and all that. So uh, it's it's pretty fun, and we get a good group of people. I brought my buddy PJ with me, who's a judge as well. He can identify nice. hot sauces from all over the place.
4: So the actual competition is. You, are you, uh, so in other words, do all of the hot sauces get? Okay, we're going to put this on chicken, or we're going to or yeah. Basically, it's all themed. Based all on all the themed. Location. Oh, okay, so like I got it.
14: Boston. Not to talk about Boston, but they had the the best green sauce. I said, let's call it the Green Monster Award, like right? That kind of thing. let like make it fun, you know? Right. Yeah. So, all
3: right. So, uh, people, this is these are all day events. I mean, like it's uh, noon to eight on Saturday the nineteenth, and then noon to six on Sunday the twentieth. Um, and what's uh, is there a charge to get in, or how does that work?
14: Yeah, there's a it's a ten dollar $10 fee. There's two sessions actually. So it's uh, 12 to 4 and then 4 to 8 on uh, Saturday and then uh, 12 to 3 and, and 3 to 6 on Sunday. So okay. they do it in sessions to try to get a good flow of people because there's a lot of tasting going on. Right. And, you know, doing it in sessions like that kind of breaks it up. Impressive. Away. If you get the platinum package, they offer free anal reconstruction. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, amazing. <laughs>
5: terrific. That's I've been
14: thinking
4: great. about that. So
14: what are, what are you eating it on? Are you, are you just taking spoonfuls of hot sauce? Yeah, so they they have this thing. It's called an eco spoon because a million little plastic spoons right. isn't good for the environment. So it's a biodegradable little plast- or a little paper spoon that you just literally just take a little taste. They have okay. tasting bottles set up. It's pretty cool. And contrary to, to what anybody would think, I don't like the super super hot stuff. I yeah. actually go for the food flavor stuff. Okay, yeah. yeah. so you know good, so, mild heat. Our,
4: do do the, does the Scoville scale figure into this? Is that, oh yeah. Oh, okay. Well, All they right. brag like
14: crazy. Are oh. is you know fifty billion? Yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. whatever number that means. Not like you know
4: that's yeah. part of it as well.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, so if, if uh, people come, they pay uh, the ticket price and so on. Are there
6: are there samples for you? Everyone. Okay. Everybody. Everybody can come and. Yeah. Yep. Cool.
14: Okay. Kyle, to borrow a line from a movie, will milk be made available? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it would be a good idea to try to get a dairy on board for this because I think, you know, that's a perfect pairing, perfect sponsorship. So if any Philly dairies, you know what I mean, let's go. Well, it- to
4: the best of your knowledge, uh, and what we've all understood is that milk is one of the few things that can kill...
14: Right, the, yeah, uh, the capsaicin the, right, right, right. So Ice pe- cream, coffee creamer. People drink water and they're, they're, that's the wrong It move. spreads it, it out, yeah, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It makes it more hot if
4: you drink yeah. water. Oh, my hey, God.
3: Kyle, I wanted to ask you something on a personal level. Did sure. Bon Appetit magazine uh, take notice of you and your, your cast iron? Stuff?
14: Yeah, yes. And, and, and they, they dubbed you something? The cast iron king of old pans. That was uh, Chef Brad Leone. He actually uh, launched a YouTube video last night that me and him did together. It was wow. pretty uh, pretty touching. My family got together. We watched it It was the biggest moment Of my That's career tremendous,
4: That's tremendous wow, man.
14: awesome Wow yeah. thank So you. so you go out
3: and you get the you 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 find these uh, cast iron uh, skillets you you fix them up you refurbish them and then yep. and then you sell them because you know a lot of times you find them if you find them in uh, antique shops they can be in pretty bad shape. Yep. Uh, and you brought one in with you here.
14: So this is the exact one I gave you. Okay. And when I found this, I said I'm gonna you know put it through the electrolysis process. I'm gonna completely restore it. and I'm gonna give it to Casey so Whoa. that you guys can have matching skillets. And awesome. because yesterday you said your food is mediocre, pedestrian. Yeah. You cook a burger in this, you're not in that class. Is that anymore. right? Yeah. So wow. you. Wow. The, 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 the,
4: and I've heard this yeah. from from I just, and I'm a novice, okay, don't but I've, I've heard that a good <laughs> yeah. cast iron skillet can make a big difference. Big difference. And you're here to say
14: absolutely. Oh, yeah. Generational, too. I have my great-great-grandmother's stuff. I have, <laughs> you know, stuff from the 1870s. A lot of great steak wow. restaurants will cook their steaks on... You think they're grilling them? No, they put them on a cast-iron skillet. Yes, man. they do. Wow. Do you want it's, to give a
6: 10-second a um, assertion on the best way to clean cast-iron? Because people differ on this. Yeah, yeah I, the, best, gone.
14: the best way would be to uh, contact me on my Instagram and send them to me. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> because people... I actually have to repair skillets that other people try to restore and they do it wrong. I have eight different electrolysis tanks at my house set wow. up for this. Wow. So. Do
5: you use Dawn or Palmolive? Which one do you prefer? Now. <laughs>
14: <laughs> Get out of Get here. here. Now. <laughs>
11: uh,
3: by the way, his Instagram account, and we'll, I'm sure, link that or, or do whatever we do socially-wise. It's
11: going up on the site right now. Thank you, Marissa. Cool. Yeah. Thank
3: you. Castiron underscore Kyle. Uh, and you can find him on Instagram. And Kyle makes...
14: How many videos do you make a week, dude? I try to do it like one or two every other day. I try to make it personable, like, you know, cooking stuff, but also like, hey, this funny thing my cat did. Like, yeah, you know, no, yeah. they're fun. When
3: well,
4: yeah. I was cooking my cat. Thank you. <laughs> Thank really,
3: you very much. It's very creative and and, uh, and cool. So, all right. So, the event, once again, is uh, the Philadelphia Hot Sauce Festival. And this is the first time it's happened in Philly? Yes, it is. Yes. It's an annual event, but this is the first time in Philadelphia. Yes. Uh, White House Station Sauce Company and Cast Iron Kyle are presenting this. And it will be at the uh, Canstatter Volkfest Varen Beer Garden, 9130 Academy Road. And um, just tickets at the door, or do you get them online?
14: You can get them online. You can go to phillysaucefest.com. I have the link in my bio on my Instagram. Um, You can also buy them at the door, sure. Awesome. And Kyle,
3: Kyle's a very thoughtful guy. One time, not only did he bring me a, a cast iron skillet, but old newspapers from like the moon landing. And oh, stuff yes. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Which that was is, an
14: awesome day. You yeah. sang happy
3: birthday to me. I took the day off to <laughs> come see you guys.
8: Saw,
3: it was at uh, Mud Hen yeah, <laughs> in, yeah, yeah. Uh, in Wildwood. My band was playing there, or That's the band right. that I play with was playing. Ah. So, yeah. Casey came over on <laughs> <with> his <laughs> electric <laughs> scooter. That's yeah. right. Yep. That's right. All right. Well, good luck with the uh, with the sauce event. Thank man. you very much, really guys. Cool. Thank you. It yep, is the Philadelphia Hot Sauce Festival, uh, and that is cast iron Club.
9: Hey! Hey. Nice. All right, so let us take
3: another break because we have Bruce Springsteen tickets to give away. We'll do it when we return in form of the lesson question. We'll get trash and music news too. stay with us. We'll be right back.
15: Don't you hate it when some jerk on the radio says, hey, Alexa, open MMR. Uh, Did it work? No. OK, well, maybe. Hey, Alexa, wake me up to WMMR every day at 6 a.m. And if that didn't work, just know that you can do that anytime yourself. You're welcome. Preston and Steve. Their name is their address.
7: Uh, on on the web, PrestonandSteve.com.
0: Football's back, and this Eagle season, there are huge prizes to be won at Acme.
3: Free diamonds. Steven Singer is giving away free diamonds. You don't want to miss this. Everyone who purchases an engagement ring will receive a free one-carat lab-grown diamond. You must be thinking Steven only sells real natural earth-born diamonds. Well, you're right. But Steven will never sell a lab-grown diamond, but he will give them away. Nothing says I love you less than a lab-grown diamond. Don't be fooled. by real natural earth-born diamonds from a real jeweler that you can trust. Steven Singer Jewelers. Online at IHateStevenSinger.com or in a showroom at the other... Corner of 8th and Walnut in Philly while supplies last. That's ihate Stevensinger.com.
7: Now, back with more of the Preston and Steve Show
3: podcast. Let's see. You know what we should do? What? Yeah, we've had a pretty good day so far. Yeah. Let's give away some Bruce Springs. Oh! Yeah. Let's do that right now. And we're going to ask a question you have to answer. That's how you win these tickets, the lesson question. And the question that we ask is the following. A man found guilty of releasing a cobra that escaped from its cage in Texas. What was the cobra's name? (laughs) A jury found a man guilty of releasing a cobra that escaped from its cage in Texas. What was the cobra's name? 215263 WMMR. Lissy, if you were listening and if you know the answer, call right now. The
2: trash business is a
3: gold
2: mine. 93.3 WMMR with Preston and Steve's Hollywood Trash.
3: Brought to you by Rita's, and you can soak up summer at Rita's with a refreshing frozen lemonade. Pucker up as these frozen lemonades are available in four deliciously fun flavors, but get to Rita's quick as they are here for a limited time only. What's
4: going on this morning, Steve? Well, both Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk are reportedly training hard for their upcoming MMA bout scheduled for August 26th. Fight promoter Dana White is predicting huge pay-per-view numbers and is already negotiating a fight between... Between Bill Gates and Martha Stewart, (laughs) Big Brother 25 contestant Luke Valentine has been kicked out of the house after casually dropping the N word in the middle of a conversation. Valentine is insisting he's not racist, which is actually the first thing they teach you at racism school. And rapper Trippy Red, Uh, we all know Trippy Red, Trippy Red, apologizing to his ex girlfriend Sky Morales for cheating on her. Red says he hates himself for disrespect respecting sky Also, he could have quote the most absolute sack imploding oral sex he's ever had (laughs) okay we're gonna see if we can get
3: an answer to lesson question and a jury found a man guilty of releasing a cobra that escaped from its cage in texas what was the cobra's name and we are gonna go to james and see if we can get a winner here hey james good morning Hey, Presbo. Yo, buddy. <laughs> All right, James. What was the name of the Cobra, please? It was
7: uh, Hissy. Hissy.
3: Yeah. That is correct, James. Yeah. Hang on. a pair of tickets to see Bruce. He's playing with the East Street Band. Show number one, Wednesday, August 16th, Citizens Bank Park. And tickets for the show uh, for both Wednesday the 16th and Friday the 18th are available at phillies.com slash Springsteen. One more pair of tickets to give away tomorrow on our show. Now,
2: Preston and Steve's Music News on 93.3 WMMR. Yeah. Yeah.
3: We spent some time in our entertainment news report at the beginning of the show talking about the sad news that Robbie Robertson passed away. The Canadian-born musician, best known as a guitarist, a main songwriter, rock and roll, Hall of Fame members of the band. He was 80 years old. It was uh, a lengthy illness. No official cause of death was immediately given. Uh, The uh, statement from the family read, uh, Robbie was surrounded by his family at the time of his death, including his wife Janet, his ex-wife Dominique. Her partner, Nicholas, his children, Alexandra, Sebastian, uh, Delphine, and Delphine's partner, Kenny, as well as his five grandchildren. Uh, Originally, he was a member of uh, rockabilly singer Ronnie Hawkins' backing band. They were were called the Hawks, and that was along with everybody that became the band. Levon Helm, Rick Danko, Richard Manuel, and Garth Hudson. And after leaving
4: Hawkins, the musicians toured as Bob Dylan's backup band. So stop and think about about that as a credit alone mm-hmm. you're who does Bob Dylan select as his backup band? Yep. Th- these guys. So, um, it's no... Sh- it, it, it shouldn't have been, but it was a shock for many that they were incredibly capable of being a band by themselves. Yeah, they recorded the legendary Basement Tapes with him in 1967.
3: Uh, and along the way, they were known as the Hawks, but they became known as the band when they joined with uh, Dylan, you know? They just called them the band. And they, they took that name and released their debut album, Music from the Big Pink, in 1968. And it- It was a rootsy sound that influenced everybody from Elton John to Eric Clapton to the Beatles. And as the band's guitarist and primary songwriter, Robertson, wrote such classics as this song right here, The Weight, which is just brilliant, uh, up on Cripple Creek, The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down, and a
4: whole host of others. Again, I say, if you've never heard the song, it makes no difference. It it is a great song. He wrote it. It's phenomenal. Uh, The band split in 1976 amid
3: personal conflicts and substance abuse issues, saying Goodbye at a star-studded farewell concert at San Francisco's Winterland Ballroom, famously documented in the Martin Scorsese-directed film uh, The Last Waltz. Which
4: you must see. Yeah. You, you, you have to. I know you've seen it. I'm, I'm, I'm talking in general. If you've never seen yep. The Last Waltz, you need to see it. He also, it in The Last Waltz, he brings out Neil Diamond. He produced a Beautiful Noise album, which is a great Neil Diamond album. Mm-hmm. Uh, just phenomenal. Uh, Robertson released
3: six solo albums. His self-titled uh, 1987 debut, uh, featured contributions from Peter Gabriel and Bono, and included uh, the rock hit Somewhere Down the Crazy River, which I think the Bodines back him up on on that song. Uh, Robertson and the band were inducted into Canada's Juno Hall of Fame in 1989, and the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1994. And then he went on to work with Scorsese on music from films, including uh, Raging Bull, The King of Comedy, Casino, The Departed, The Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, uh, with contributions to other TV and movies Soundtracks as well, and we were talking about this song in particular earlier this morning. The wait, and um, it's from our region. It was written. They start off saying, "You know, I went to Nazareth." Uh, Robbie wrote that song about Nazareth, Pennsylvania, because he had been to the Martin Guitar Factory there. Isn't yeah. that wild? And yeah. he just wanted to set this song in that region. And so the song I, was written in '69, right? And I. I, have, I never knew that. No, I didn't either. I I just researched this this morning because I had always I have in my, in my mind when I yeah. hear this song. I see the people. Yeah. I see the town. Absolutely. Uh, I, it's I just, very evocative. It's a bunch of strange, weird people in a, in a little country town of some type. That's what I've always had in my head. Yeah. Um, and there was an uh, interview that was done with Levon Helms, and he explains uh, that the characters in The Wait are all people that they knew. Uh, he said Luke was Jimmy Ray Pullman, uh, or Pullum, Pullman, uh, and young Anna Lee was Anna Lee Williams from Turkey Scratch, Crazy Chester. And we said this earlier this morning, but I'll share this. Crazy Chester was a guy we all knew from Fayetteville who came into town on Saturdays wearing a full set of cap guns on his hips, walked around town to keep the peace, if you follow me. He said he was like Hopalong Cassidy and he was a friend of the Hawks and Ronnie would always check on Crazy Chester to make sure that there wasn't any trouble around town and Chester would reassure him that everything was peaceable and not to worry because he was on the case. He said two big cap guns he wore plus a
4: toupee. Think about the the incorporation of those characters and I I, I liken it to uh, Springsteen always has these you know these characters like in, in Greetings from Asbury Park and those uh, these are people that populate the world that he was in at the time and they yeah. they become part of rock lore and yeah. legend and like and Up on Cripple Creek there's some characters in that one yeah. as well
3: and and I see them in my head and yeah. they're they're odd people too you know they the, Robbie had a way of of writing yeah. lyrically these weird the surreal characters that you don't even really
4: stop uh, to think, could that be a real person? You know? And The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down oh is such, a, a such an incredible song. That actually inspired Neil Young to write the song Powderfinger. He was such a fan of that song that he uh, he wanted to write his own sort of take on it. But, wow. Uh, and, you know, uh, Robertson was very proud of his Native American heritage, so he has um, any anyone who wants to honor his memory, he has a, uh, yeah, a charity. The First
3: Nation, Six Nations. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, there's uh, donations that you can make if you do a quick search, because uh, his mother was a Mohawk Indian. Yeah. Um, in a statement, Scorsese remembered his friend, Robbie Robertson, uh, was one of my closest friends. He said, a constant in my life and my work i could always go to him as a confidant a collaborator an advisor and i tried to be the same for him he said it goes without saying that he was a giant that his effect on the art form was profound and lasting and there was never enough time with anyone you love and i loved robbery uh so yeah the you can make donations to the six nations of the grand river uh they're working on building a cultural center and uh that was an important cause to him
4: i'm gonna take a wild guess that Pierre is going to acknowledge this in a big way.
3: I would think so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um, I was listening to Brent Porsche yesterday and and, uh, when the news broke, he was covering it. But yeah, I have to imagine that Pierre is going to spend a decent amount of time today. We'll find out in a little bit from him. A couple other quick uh, notes in music news. Van Halen is going to release a new box set this fall, spotlighting the era with Sammy Hagar. Uh, It includes newly remastered versions of four multi-platinum studio albums, along with a selection of rarities recorded between 1989 and 2004.
4: We've said this many times. I know you agree with this. I think that is a stellar period in Van Halen's history. Mm -hmm. I, I
3: do prefer the you know the, the earlier yeah. work with Dave, but I love the Sammy Hagar stuff as well. There's a few songs in there that are some of my favorites. Uh, the price is going to run at about $125 for the 5LP collection or 50 bucks for the CD set. Uh, Van Halen's The Collection 2 will be available on October 6th.
4: And I think Wolfgang himself said glowing things about yeah. that music that was generated. Absolutely. Yeah. And then
3: finally, Motley Crue's Nikki Six announced on social media that he's working on a new book. His this is going to be his 5th. Uh, his first four put him on New York Times' best-selling author list. Uh, he didn't give up any specific details, but a couple of years ago, he said... It involves he... a wizard at his school, right? Oh.
8: <laughs> <laughs>
3: no, a couple of years ago, he and his wife, uh, Courtney, were right He said he- they were writing a book, a children's book about diversity. There you go. And Motley Crue is currently on the road with Def Leppard and Alice Cooper for a U.S. mini-tour before they head to Japan and Australia this fall. That's the last bit of music news that I have for you today. All right, we're going to break. We will cover... Come back. We will wrap up the show and we will get our letter of the day for the word of the week. Stay with us.
7: Join Nick McElwain and Heineken tomorrow from 3 to 5 at the home of the city's best happy hour, Wicked Wolf. 1214 Chestnut Street in Center City. Catch the Premier League kickoff and enjoy $7 crisp and refreshing Heineken Silver. 3.2 carbs and 95 calories. All the taste with no bitter endings. Enjoy Heineken responsibly. Hang with the MM Army Saturday from two to four at Rita's of Rockledge, one thirty-six Huntington Pike, for an MMRBQ ticket raid. Enjoy your favorite Rita's treats and enter for the chance to win a pair of tickets,
3: which will be given away every fifteen minutes.
6: Wrapping up the program on this Thursday
3: morning, um, rain is expected at some point this afternoon. Thunderstorms possibly. Uh, and maybe even, huh. yeah, it's going to start off, uh, it's going to be hit or miss, depending on where you are, just to give you heads up on that. So, uh, clearing up later on tonight, and then tomorrow we're looking at mostly sunny skies out about 87, and then sunny on Saturday, 89. It's going to be a warm summer weekend. Yeah. I don't see any rain in the forecast as of now. Doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but um, keep an eye out. But for the most part, it's looking solid, not calling for a full wet weekend. We have had a great. Time on today's program. Thank you to Michael Barkin for being on and uh, talking, Phil's
4: and uh, the no hitter and all the things that took place last night. By the way, Nick says, I happened, I called, uh, the sound was terrible on his phone, and I said, What are you surfing? And uh, he
6: apparently touched base <laughs> back later and said he was actually at the beach. Right? Turns out he was down the shore. <laughs> yeah, but that's he was calling us from outside. But once we moved inside, it was a good connection. <laughs> so thanks to Michael, and also
3: we'll we'll stick with the Phil's for a moment. John Cron, yes, yes. Oh, was great. Uh, was awesome. he was fantastic. And uh, not only were we talking baseball, we were talking mullets as well. So uh, vote for Rory, the kid that's trying to have the greatest. He's trying to win the mullet championship for the six-year-old division.
11: He's in number. He's still in first place. Yeah, but oh, they just updated excellent. it last night. He
3: needs more donations.
11: -hmm. No, if you
3: can, if you can, you know, donate a buck or two, that'd be great because that's part of it.
11: His mom sent over some great photos from when he visited the ballpark. I mean, this kid just has swagger. I Love it. They're up on the site right now.
3: Uh, Thank you, also to Ron James, Mutual UFO Network. The documentary called The Accidental Truth UFO Revelations is available now. And uh, thank you also to our buddy uh, Kyle Sype, Cast Iron Kyle. Yay! The Philadelphia Hot Sauce Festival is coming up on Saturday and Sunday and uh, we have information available at Prestonsteve.com and you can go to phillysaucefest.com to get tickets. And he wanted us to mention because he forgot about it. Uh, they're donating $1,000 to Phil Abundance. Phil Abundance. Uh, Ooh, so I near thought that was a really cool thing uh, to do as well so nice to have all those guests in today nice to see pierre robert here as
12: well good day how are you um great i loved all your conversations but the the ufo guy you um it's funny you you asked like a three-part question and i've noticed that whenever you ask anyone a question that has more than one part that you never get all three answers. Right, right, right yeah. If, even if you text it, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Uh, if you say, "Can what time are we going and who's playing and <laughs> where should I meet you," you'll get one thing back. Yeah, uh, Brand X is playing. <laughs> um, and I didn't mean to ask him three
3: questions in one, but it they just were good all questions though. Thanks.
12: Sometimes in a text, I'll go. I have three questions for you number one there you go. number yeah. two, number three, I still only get one answer back. <laughs> um so uh, what they the i I mentioned that because the question I was most intrigued with that you asked was um there that guy appeared in front of Congress mm-hmm. and uh he said i've talked to people who theor- theoretically have seen alien bodies right and uh and your question was brilliant is like is that all you got, essentially? Yeah, yeah. And and I don't doubt that there are alien bodies. I mean, I'm sort of a believer that the, you know that they've visited us or whatever. I don't know, but um, but he did he didn't get that part. Yeah, I, I want to I, know I really, that too. I yeah. really wanted to hear his response to that. So I mean,
4: did you watch? Because he said like a lot of the None of the senators said, "Do you have names and stuff that you can give me?" And he said after. I don't know if anything came of that, though, that we would go to what they call a skiff and he could give that information to them. Right. Again, I've heard not word one. Which, what what we are all looking for is, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Zontar.
12: Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Well, or a you know, picture, or yeah. you know, something besides one of those things that used to appear in Zontar n- with the photo <laughs> national enquirer. Yeah, you, know, Do you remember uh, the
3: alien autopsy when that came uh, out? Yes. And yes. we were like, Oh come, come on. on! It's a
12: doll. You guys are cutting you know, yeah. aliens visiting the White House or aliens mm. no, uh, at, at the Pizza Hut. Bad boy. Bat- boy worked mm. with Clinton to get right. Yeah, mm. right. So um those <laughs> Both, those are all the uh, and and I, at the beginning I go really and then I go wait a minute no no, no <laughs> but, <know."> but but, <laughs> but I use, you know on the History Channel I would watch some of those things and the further in you get the I'm going do these people uh, I'm not so sure about these well people. I know. you no. know
4: what again if you just take it on the level of this footage that is verifiable from right. the Pentagon what here's where we can start. What is that? Right. You know,
3: and no one knows. Right. So who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that eventually, if, you know, it, somebody desperately wants this if, if if it is real to for people to oh, know about. It. I think people shouldn't know about it. So yeah. I don't know. John
12: Kruk uh, knows. John Kruk <laughs> knows. Yeah. He knows all. Uh, it's uh, it, the alien guy and then the baseball guy. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Thanks. All right. Shall we get the letter guy? We shall. All
3: right.
2: Here we go. Preston and Steve on 93.3 WMMR. Now, the Daily Letter.
3: And the Preston and Steve shows brought to you today by the letter
12: L as in laboratory.
3: All right. And we will give away our prize tomorrow. Four tickets to see the much-anticipated return of the Lion King on August 25th at the Academy of Music, plus the limited edition Lion King merchandise gift bag, and it's a winner of six Tony Awards, including Best Musical Tickets available at KimmelCulturalCampus.org.
12: Uh, what's happening on the show today? I should have said L is in Lion King. Uh, yeah. yeah. But uh, now I'll say L is in Lion King.
8: <laughs> um, you yeah. uh,
12: did. On the program, we will uh, uh, get a workforce block of Jethro Tull. It's Jethro's birthday today. Um, Jethro? Yeah, Jethro Jet's got a birthday. Yeah. Uh, Ian Anderson has a birthday today. I have uh, a really cool um, piece of him uh, in the MM archives. I think we're down at Fifth and Market uh, doing the beautiful song Boré in our studios, uh, complete with a snort, Uh uh, which is because he's, you know, he's breathing (coughs) and moving. He does that, yeah. uh, Yeah. And um, we even isolated the snort. It'd be (laughs) something you guys would do. Um, Yeah, that was uh, always cool
3: about uh, his flute solos is when he would
12: would do that grunting and, and Snorting and stuff.
4: Yeah. And that was part musically, that was what he was bringing. You and know? he was. He was overweight for a good portion of when he's performing. You remember, like there was there were there in were the times. Yeah, the latter so much, years, yeah.
12: yeah. So it made the breathing that much more. Peru- well, in the uh, earlier days, he'd wear those, you know, tights, those Robin Hood kind of yeah. tights, and, yeah. and prance around the stage, and he was quite, um, um, you know, um, um, agile, I guess. But uh, he, uh, we had, we've had him in many times. He, they headlined our 25th anniversary concert. In fact, uh, in uh, or uh, Jethro Hotel. So we'll celebrate Jet today. Uh, Jethro, uh, We also have a block of Van Halen. And uh, as you mentioned, we will uh, get into a block of the band to celebrate Robbie. Right. Did you ever see them? Uh, I saw them on a couple of occasions. I, I had him in the studios on Rittenhouse Square when he put out one of his solo albums. And as, as you were talking about him, I'm going, where in God's name is that tape? But <laughs> uh, my archives, oh, dear. It, it's like the inside of my head. It's not a place you want to go. It, I, it's I, on a cassette somewhere I, that's unlabeled in in a box yeah. in, in my basement. I, I just assumed like that's your, your, your setup would be as organized as the Library of Congress. Very much so. In <laughs> in my desire, I just des- I crave order. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't have you it. You just don't have it. <laughs> all right. Well, it's all coming up on the Pierre Robert
3: Experience today. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. President Steve Show is brought to you today by Duncan, and the President Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by Wild Fork Meat and Seafood Market. You can enjoy the largest selection of quality meats and seafood at the lowest prices tomorrow on our No Sad Bro Friday Show. Uh, John Leclaire is going to be in the studio. Three on Three Ice Hockey Tournaments going on. Uh, and We'll also have comedian uh, Annie Letterman Ah. in the studio to wrap up the week. Uh, And uh, last pair of tickets to see Bruce Springsteen, and we will give away for the lesson pleasure. That's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, friend. Mm Bye-bye. Wrapping up the program on this Thursday morning. Um, Rain is expected at some point this afternoon. Thunderstorms, possibly. Uh, and maybe even, huh. yeah, it's going to start off, uh, it's going to be hit or miss, depending on where you are, just to uh, give you a heads up on that. So, uh, clearing up later on tonight, and then tomorrow we're looking at mostly sunny skies out of about 87, and then sunny on Saturday, 89. It's going to be a warm summer weekend. Yeah. I don't see any rain in the forecast as of now, doesn't mean it's not going to happen, but um, keep an eye out. But for the most part, it's looking solid, not calling for a full wet weekend. We have had a great Time on today's program. Yes. Thank you to Michael Barking for being on and uh, talking Phil's yeah. and uh, the no hitter and all the things that
4: took place last night. By the way, Nick says, I happened, I called, uh, the sound was terrible on his phone, and I said, What are you surfing? And uh, he apparently touched base <laughs> back later and said he was actually at the beach, right? Turns out he was down
6: the shore. <laughs> yeah. But that's why he was calling us from outside. But once we moved inside, it was a good connection. <laughs>
3: so thanks to Michael. And also, we'll, we'll stick with the fills for a moment. John Kroc. Yes. yes. He ah, was great. Uh, awesome. He was fantastic. And uh, not only were we talking baseball, we were talking mullets as well. So uh, vote for Rory, the kid that's trying to have the greatest. He's trying to win the mullet championship for the six-year-old division.
11: He's a number. He's still in first place. Yeah. He oh, just updated exactly. it last night. He needs more donations. -hmm. No, if you
3: can, if you can, you know, donate a buck or two, that'd be great because that's part of it.
11: His mom sent over some great photos from when he visited the ballpark. I mean, this kid just has swagger. I love it. They're up on the site right now.
3: Uh, Thank you, also to Ron James, Mutual UFO Network. The documentary called The Accidental Truth UFO Revelations is available now. And uh, thank you also to our buddy uh, Kyle Seip. Cast Iron Kyle. Yay! The Philadelphia Hot Sauce Festival is coming up on Saturday and Sunday and uh, we have information available at PrestonSteve.com and you can go to PhillySauceFest.com to get tickets. And he wanted us to mention because he forgot about it. Uh, they're donating $1,000 to Phil Abundance. Phil Abundance. Uh, so I Near thought that was a really cool thing uh, to do as well. So nice to have all those guests in today. Nice to see Pierre Robert here as well. Good day.
12: How are you? I, um, great. I loved all your conversations, but the, the UFO guy, you, um, it's funny, you, you asked like a three-part question, and I've noticed that whenever you ask anyone a question that has more than one part that you never get all three answers. Right. Right. right yeah. If, even if you text it, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you say, "Can what time are we going and who's playing and <laughs> where should I meet you," you'll get one thing back. Yeah. Uh, Brand X is playing. <laughs> um, and I didn't mean to ask him three questions in one, but it. They just were good questions, though. Thanks. Sometimes in a text, I'll go. I have three questions for you number one you number go. two, number three, and I still only get one answer <laughs> um so uh, what they the I, I mentioned that because the question I was most intrigued with that you asked was um there that guy appeared in front of Congress mm-hmm. and uh he said i've talked to people who theor- theoretically have seen alien bodies right. and uh and your question was brilliant is like is that all you got essentially yeah, yeah. and and i don't doubt that they're alien bodies i mean i'm sort of a believer that the, you know that they've visited us or whatever i don't know but um but he didn't he didn't get that part yeah I, I, I know I really, that too i yeah. really wanted to hear his response to that so i did you watch cuz he said like a lot of the
4: number of the senators said do you have names and stuff that you can give me and he said after I don't know if anything came of that, though, that we would go to what they call a skiff, and he could give that information to them. Right. Again, I've heard not word one. Which, what what we are all looking for is, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Zontar. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
12: Well, or a you know, picture, or yeah. you know, something besides one of those things that used to appear in Zontar n- with the photo <laughs> national enquirer. Yeah. You know, Do you remember uh, the alien autopsy when that came uh, out? And yes. we were like, Oh come, come on. on! It's a doll. You guys are cutting you know, on. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. aliens visiting the White House or aliens no, but, uh, at, at the Pizza Hut. Bat, Bat, boy. Bat boy worked mm-hmm. with Clinton to get right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So um those <laughs> Both, those are all the uh, and and I, at the beginning I go really and then I go wait a minute no no <laughs> I <know>. but, but, <laughs> but I you know on the History Channel I would watch some of those things and the further in you get the I'm going do these people uh, I'm not so sure about these well people. you
4: know no. what again if you just take it on the level of this footage that is verifiable right. from the Pentagon what here's where we can start. What is that? Right. You know, and
12: no one knows. Right. So who knows?
3: Yeah, I don't know. I, I think that eventually, if, you know, it, somebody desperately wants this if, if if it is real to for people to know oh, about. It. I think people shouldn't you? know about it. <laughs>
12: yeah. So I don't know. John Kruk ah, knows. John Kruk <laughs> knows. Yeah. He knows all. Uh, it's uh, it, the alien guy and then the baseball guy. That's <laughs> yeah. great. Thanks. All right. Shall we get the letter guy? We shall. All right. Here we go. Preston and Steve on Mugg33
2: WMMR. Now,
3: the Daily Letter. And the Preston and Steve shows brought to you today by the letter L as in laboratory. All right. And we will give away our prize tomorrow. Four tickets to see the much-anticipated return of the Lion King on August 25th at the Academy of music, plus the limited edition Lion King merchandise gift bag, and it's a winner of six Tony Awards, including Best Musical Tickets
12: available at KimmelCulturalCampus.org. Uh, what's happening on the show today? I should have said L is in Lion King. Oh. Yeah. yeah. But uh, now I'll say L is in Lion
8: King. Um, you yeah. uh,
12: did. On the program, we will uh, uh, get a workforce block of Jethro Tull. It's Jethro's birthday today. Um, Jethro? Yeah, Jethro Jet's got a birthday. Yeah, uh, Ian Anderson has a birthday today. I have uh, a really cool um, piece of him uh, in the MM archives. I think we we're down at Fifth and Market uh, doing the beautiful song Boré in our studios, uh, complete with a snort, uh-huh. uh, which is because re- he's you know he's breathing <coughs> and breathing he does and, that yeah uh, and love um, it. We even isolated the snort. It'd oh. be something you guys would do. Um, but, yeah, that was uh, always
3: cool about uh, his flute solos is when he would <laughs> right.
4: he would do that grunting and. Yeah. and Snorting and stuff, yeah. and that was part musically. That was what he was bringing. You and know? he was. He was overweight for a good portion of when he's performing. You remember, like, there
12: was there were, there in were the times, later yeah, years. In the guess, years
4: yeah. yeah, so it made
12: the breathing that much more productive. Well, in the uh, earlier days, he'd wear those, you know, tights, those Robin Hood kind yeah, of tights and, yeah. and prance around the stage. And he was quite, um, um, you know, um, um agile, I guess. But, uh, he, uh, we had, we've had him in many times. He, they headlined our 25th anniversary concert, in fact, uh, in, uh, or, uh, Jethro Hotel. So we'll celebrate Jet today. Uh, Jethro. Uh, We also have a block of Van Halen, and uh, as you mentioned, we will uh, get into a block of the band to celebrate Robbie. Right. Did you ever see them? Uh, I saw them on a couple of occasions. I I had him in the studios on Rittenhouse Square when he put out one of his solo albums. And as as you were talking about him, going, where in God's name is that tape? But (laughs) uh, my archives, oh, dear. It's like the inside of my head. It's not a place you want to go. It, I, it's I, on a cassette somewhere I, that's unlabeled in in a box yeah. in, in my basement. I, I just assumed like your, your, your setup would be as organized as the Library of Congress. Very much so. In <laughs> in my desire, I just des- I crave order. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't have you it. You just don't have it. <laughs> all
3: right. Well, it's all coming up on the Pierre Robert experience today. Uh, I want to thank our sponsors. President Steve Show is brought to you today by Duncan, and the President Steve Show runs on Duncan. Also brought to you by Wild Fork Meat and Seafood Market. You can enjoy the largest selection of quality meats and seafood at the lowest prices tomorrow on our No Sad Bro Friday show. Uh, John LeClaire is going to be in the studio. Nice. nice. Yeah. On three ice hockey tournaments going on. Uh and we'll also have comedian uh, Annie Letterman ah! in the studio to wrap up the week. Uh, and uh, last pair of tickets to see Bruce Springsteen. And we will give away for lesson pleasure. That's it. We're done. Rage on. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow, friend. Bye-bye. Preston mm-hmm. and Steve. On
15: 93.3 WMMR. Bing, <laughs>
1: doo, 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 be, do doo,
7: da da do, de, ba, de, de, ba, de, de, ba.